My guest this episode is Mr. John Allison. This is the first time he's been on the show, and he knows what he's talking about when he talks about movies. We're going to talk about some science fiction movies this episode, and the theme sort of has to do with ideas versus images, and spectacle versus soul. What do you need more of? What do you need less of? What's the right proportion for sci-fi? When does one eat the other? We've got six diverse films on the subject, and I look forward to getting into it. You can let me know what you think by sending feedback to rankingreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. You can check out the website at rankingreview.ca, and you should go into the show as always, knowing that there might be some spoilers for the movies we review, and there will probably be some coarse language. But let's all be cool with it, okay? Welcome to Rank and Review. Uh, so you're the curator of the Dark Bridges Film Festival. Yeah, well, uh, so now we're Saskatoon Fantastic. Oh, Saskatoon Fantastic. Yeah, I uh, we used to be dark. Well, no, because bad no, info. We're, we're now actually <laughs> using both names. Oh, okay. Uh, and that we focus on new stuff uh, with Saskatoon Fantastic, and that's our big fe- film festival. Uh, and then we focus on old uh, horror stuff. Uh, like, so, Sesame Fantastic is all genres. Right. Uh, Dark Bridges is tends to be more horror, and uh, that we're focusing, we're working, uh, you, uh, you can know them, the terror table, uh, on, like, bringing in old classics uh, coming up. Like, so, April, we have, like, the Double Bill House and Fright Night. Sweet. And, uh, so, yeah, so, it's kind of, we, we do both now. So, yeah. I'm there for everything. Uh, I have this uh, memory of meeting you, at your having a garage sale, yes, and it was one of those garage sales that you, as a as a film lover and collector, when you're there, you sort of feel like you're dreaming. A little that, bit. that was about ten years ago yeah. or so. You were yeah. selling off like all of your DVDs for some reason. I still have my DVDs, <laughs> uh, and it was one of those things where I didn't have like all of this money on me, so I had to be selective. And I also didn't want to bring two grocery bags full of movies home again and get that look from my wife. Yep. But it was one of those things where I really could have. Like, I, yeah. I was. You, you probably have more, you have way more than I do 
now. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I was up to about 1,000 DVDs yeah. and 300 Blu-rays. Now I'm sitting at maybe five DVDs. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it's just a couple I kept of like, yeah, I don't think there's a Blu-ray of this, and I really love this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, and maybe about 50. Oh, that's not true because I have the old Bond set. Uh, so maybe 70 uh, Blu-rays. I replaced an awful lot of my VHS collection with DVD, and I, I just like I can't I can't do it again. I don't have the money to do it again. I have all of these movies, and DVD doesn't look terrible to me. It's not like yeah. oh man, that's shit. If it's a movie that I really love, I, I'll break down again. I bought the thing again on Blu-ray. I for, bought Lebowski for the fourth time. So for me, I went through a phase where uh, I've pretty much, and it's not just movies; it's everything. I've got rid like I got rid of all my CDs. I got rid of everything. Right. Uh, I've gone digital uh, right. that for pretty much any everything because everything is available. Uh, and that uh, I just have to go through a little pain of sometimes getting it. Yeah. Uh, and when I and the the downside is uh, for me right now is my kid who's uh, turning uh, seventeen right away. Uh, when we like, oh hey, it'd be cool if we would now watch the Alien ser- like series. I have to go get them again uh, yeah. where I had them all. Where it would have been like, oh no, we just watch them. And where uh, are they? And how do you acquire them? If I want to watch Jaws, I want to just be able to take the yeah. movie off the shelf and put it in. Plus, I'm a collector. I resent the digital age for the collector. Like the yep. little kid in me who's been collecting Coen Brothers movies and Scorsese movies since like 1990. Yeah, yeah. And now I can't get the new Coen Brothers and I can't get the new Scorsese because Netflix is a dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's frustrating. And whenever we jump mediums, it feels like we lose movies. Like there's certain films that didn't make the jump from VHS to DVD and yeah. DVD. And, to I, and I think we're really right now kind of stuck in the middle a little bit. Like there, everything's available. But it could be a pain. Right. I think in a few years from now, everything will be easier and they're unavailable. Uh, and really, it just came down to where I just, I don't like my uh, my house. All the stuff I've kept is just stuff that has really serious meaning. And I know movies do have that meaning. Yeah. But it's the, like, oh, I, I have, like, my beer cans from when I went to Calgary Underground Film Festival. Right. Uh, I have, like, I have the, the ice cream scoop uh, from some guy who kills people, that movie. Nice. So I've kept these little knick-knack things of stuff. Same, like, on my walls. I have, like, original one sheets for, like, uh, you mentioned Coen Brothers for, like, Miller's Crossing. That's right. one of my one sheets. Oh, uh, I love and, that uh, movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brothers are top. They're yeah. <laughs> up there for my favorites. Uh, and that. So, yeah, so, like, I focus more on just, oh, a few collectibles. Uh, and then just I'll watch the stuff and it's like, okay, now I have to go through Netflix or I have to go through Amazon Prime or I have to go through whatever. Or like uh, if something's really not available anyway, then it's like that. Well, can they find it in alternative means and I, things like that? And I concede already in just in my early 40s that I'm like the old man who won't let go of his record collection. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still like, I believe that there is... a. a Oh, there's something to it. There's, there's there's a customer base that's still there, and not accommodating the collectors means you're kind of beaking off the yeah. real, true film lovers. Yeah, and I also find uh, there's something the the other part I miss is uh, we also don't have cable, right. uh, and that so I miss like there's uh, I I miss the chance to like oh hey I'm gonna deliberately watch this movie or things like that and it's anticipating more, yeah and then it's like oh going over pulling it out all that kind of stuff so like yes I'm 
what I did was not the best thing, but it was also where I'm kind of just at life for what I want around me mm-hmm. uh, and everything. So I kind of miss, uh, I also have an advantage of running a film festival. Right. Uh, truthfully. Uh, you watch a lot of movies. Yeah, like trying to fit in uh, older movies uh, and watching stuff that's out in theatrical, things like that, unless it's with my kid or my wife or whatever, um, or something really like, oh, yeah, hey, this director is, I have to go see it. I just don't get to those things because I'm watching a couple hundred movies uh, that are given to me for free. Right. Uh, some good, some bad, uh, and that. Uh, and then, yeah, and that's kind of my watching and that. Uh, the, the exceptions are stuff like when I'm like, yeah, no, let's go with my kid, let's go watch Knives Out, let's go watch. Uh, oh, I'm really depressed that we can't go see Gretel and Hansel. Uh, things like, like, this is something like, those really good horror movies, those are the ones I kind of go out and seek out. And, stuff. and people who downgrade the theatrical experience too. Yeah, I'm also, I'm at the point where theatrical is kind of like, uh, I like Landmark now. Right. Cinepax lately has ticked me off so much. Uh, but that's where, with my film festival, I'm also spoiled in that I really do feel, I see maybe one person in a, one of my screenings turn on their cell. Maybe one. And usually none. Right. Uh, and that's because probably because something is, oh, it's a more emergency. And it's just, go, I go to Simplex and I just get mad yeah, yeah. Uh, and everything. So, yeah. That's a Pandora's box I'm not ready to open up yet because we should probably start talking yes. about the theme of the episode. Yeah. But it's, it, it's good to chat about this. Um, I'm talking about science fiction. I, usually I do sci-fi scares, but these are much more straightforward science fictions. But um, I guess if there's a theme, you were asking why these particular six movies were together yeah. other than they're in my collection. I guess the conversation I wanted to have is when we're talking about, quote, straight science fiction, um, there are people who think science fiction as spectacle, and there are people who think of science fiction as ideas. Oh, okay. Yeah. The... Ideas, I think, for me, is usually the most important thing. Yep. Like, I'm a story man, as I say all the time on the show. But I think, yeah, you also spend your money to see some spectacle. So the truth may be the obvious answer that we meet halfway in between. But um, with these movies, I think that that conversation happens. Some of them are really low budget, so they have to be more focused on their ideas mm-hmm. and use their effects where and when they can. And some of them are big, big big budget spectacles that do they have any idea behind the production value if there's another theme that we can mind that you've discovered i would definitely go there as well but uh yeah i just wanted to talk about uh first of all the diversity of what we call science fiction because these movies i guess you'd call them all science fiction but they're all very different yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, uh, I really... That's what threw me off when I was looking at lists, because really when we were watching it, uh, uh, when when you showed me all the different lists we could pick from, I was kind of like, oh, shoot, I haven't seen Scanners, actually. Yeah. So, like, I was like, okay, well, right there. Plus, I've also been... Uh, we I, I just got back from uh, Underwater a little while ago. Uh, so I was kind of like, oh, yeah, and I'm actually a fan of uh, William Eubanks' first movie, Love, in uh, that. So I was kind of like, oh, I hadn't seen The Signal. So I was like, okay, I got these two. Nice. Uh, and everything. Um I didn't have real high expectations for a bunch of them, right. uh, and that because I was kind of like, yeah, like okay, we got a little uh, little German sci-fi movie. Uh, it's their first movie, uh, Immortal. I'd seen before uh, and everything, but it'd been long enough that it was mostly gone, right? Uh, and everything, and I already except for Gattaca. Gattaca, I knew was like, yeah, that's like Pretty one of those cult space. classic movies that now is loved by everyone who's seen it. Uh, and everything so uh, yeah the, really for me trying to find 
I was kind of thinking a little bit of the themes, and there was some stuff that I kind of... The, the biggest thing that I picked up watching all of them just as a whole was, I don't know if I'm at the point where I've watched too many movies, but I called pretty much... Oh yeah! Everything that was like, oh, this is gonna be the twist. This yeah. is gonna be the twist. Well, uh, and I thought some of them shouldn't have that twist. That's uh, a flaw. I think that's something that happens when you're a person who watches yes. as many movies as we do. I often wonder, like, when I'm feeling lukewarm about a movie because I find it predictable. If I hadn't seen a hundred movies just like this, yeah. would this movie have blown my mind? Yeah. So I try to measure my response to that. But it's also how they handle it. I, I think it's always that uh, the thing like uh, with Chekhov's gun and stuff like that, yeah. where you're just going in. Oh well, why are they showing? Like I, I start kind of like while I'm watching, I'm like, well, why are they showing this? Okay, yeah. well, they have to be showing this because of, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> which like I don't think it really took away from anything from any of the movies right. too much. Uh, there's one I think it was a little bit more kind of thing when we get to it, uh, but yeah, like it was uh, like for me it it was. I didn't. I didn't really click in on the like. I I know you labeled it like real sci-fi. Yeah. But I didn't really click in on that because I think mostly just because of uh, of scanners. Right. Uh, being in that list. Kind of a horror movie, maybe. And it well, it feels less real mm-hmm. to me than the other ones uh, and everything. So right. I think that one kind of pulled me up. Uh, do we need to run through what they all are? Yeah, or, we'll do that. Or in that or like, yeah. um, I just wanted to say part of the fun thing about this episode too, John, is like, I don't know your taste. So I don't know <laughs> like at all how we're going to agree. We're allowed to disagree about yep. the movies. I'm not going to get mad at you, I promise. But like, I, I honestly, a lot of times it's a, people I know quite well. I have kind of an idea of where they're going. So... I, I might have some unpopular opinions here, and or, oh, or maybe cool. we'll end up on the same page. I, I love pushing, uh, like with the film festival. I love pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Uh, I love making people watch stuff they're not comfortable with, things like that. So it's like, hey, let's push them. I thought, and it was a good episode for somebody I didn't know because there is such range. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be very surprised if someone hated all of these movies, but I would also maybe be kind of surprised if they loved every single one. Movies, right? Yeah. yeah. Because so, some of them have some serious issues. They do. I will <laughs> yeah. not lie. There's yeah. a couple that I'm going to get a little bit snarky about. Yeah. Um, the six films we're going to talk about today with John Allison are David Cronenberg's Scanners. Uh, the Was it a German film you said? German, Cargo? yeah. Um, cargo, which is having to do with uh, people who are transporting a big cargo ship of, well, what they don't know is starting the movie through the deep reaches of space. The ambitious sequel to 2001, and nobody would want that job, really. Who wants to follow up Stanley Kubrick's 2001? 2010, the year we make contact. A low-budget but ambitious science fiction film called The Signal. Uh, Sort of animated, sort of not... I believe it was French. Yeah, French. <laughs> uh, science fiction spectacle called Immortal. And we'll finish things up with the science fiction cult classic, Gattaca. Yep. Written and directed by Andrew Nichol, uh, who I like, but I, I don't know who's ever re- reached that level quite again. <laughs> yeah. well, when we get to the movie, we'll talk. Uh, yeah, like I, yeah. To be continued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remind you that the uh, scanning experience is usually a painful one, sometimes resulting in nosebleeds, earaches, stomach cramps, nausea, sometimes other symptoms of a similar nature. At this point, I'd like to call for volunteers. Fine. 
just uh, sit right here, please. The mind force scanners their thoughts can kill. So uh, I'm a bad Canadian, I guess, because it took me quite a while into my film geekdom to get into Cronenberg. I think when I was first getting into films, it was in the early 90s, and it was when Cronenberg was going through his like really ugly, dark sexual phase, <laughs> like a Crash and, and M. Butterfly yep. and like these kind of difficult, toxic movies, and I maybe was too young for them, wasn't ready for them. I loved The Fly, always loved The Fly, Big fan of the Dead Zone, but these are the more commercial Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, so, and and for me, uh, like I remember, I think I watched them, a bunch of them, too young or before I was really in. Like I've always been in the movies, but before I really had kind of a background yeah. and could think about movies uh, and that, like stuff like The Fly and that, like it's just like okay, great, this that, that, that was a fun movie. Yeah. And, like there's no thought involved. And that, uh, where now if I revisit it, I think I'd be putting more into it, yeah. uh, and investing more in it and everything. Uh, but yeah, like the same, like I, I remember watching a ton of them, uh, but then they just kind of all kind of like, yep, they're, they were great. They're fun. Yeah. The movie that we're going to talk about scanners was kind of the one that established Cronenberg more popularly. It was one of his more successful of his early films. He was kind of a name within Canada and like he was making somewhat profitable low-budget movies, but this is the one that maybe put him on the map. And I've always been of the opinion that Scanners is not a great movie, that The Brood that he made just before that is actually the much better movie, that that was the movie that should have put him on the map, and Scanners was kind of the movie that did. And I think Scanners, to me, could be a really good movie, uh, but it's just uh, the main actor uh, <laughs> in that. He is so bad uh, in it and everything. Stephen Lack. Yeah, Stephen Lack, yeah. And, like, after after watching it, I actually went on, like, I went in, like, I just for fun, I was like, oh, let's read some reviews, because I'm like, and I also, I started Googling, right. like, bad acting Scanners. Uh, and that and every everything just like right away, bam. Universal. Yeah, yeah. and everything. and Michael Ironside is is it's, counterbalancing it by being really good. Yeah, but he's our main character. Yeah, it's an idea. We're talking about the introduction. It's the idea movie. What we have here is this concept of people that have psychic powers, psychic powers that most infamously have the ability to explode <laughs> people's heads in spectacular manner. <laughs> no, if you want to introduce yourself to the world, this is the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and that. So. Uh, yeah, we meet this Michael Ironside, who's our, our, our villain character, and uh, he basically, Scanner assassinates this doctor, and he's got this agenda. He wants to get rid of this government apparatus who's using scanners, or trying to use scanners as weapons. And But he's also a bad dude, too. Here's just a general tip. Uh, like, I, I don't want to be snobby. I'm, I'm, I'm not a super successful writer, but... I'm jumping to a big twist of the movie, but if you're going to do a major twist of the movie that involves the villain being your protagonist's brother... They needed to spend more time with him. And that, like, they, they, they had a good introduction for him. Right. Uh, and from my client's side, they, they, and you're, like, compelled to do... Who is this guy? What is he doing? 
I just find the other side is so weak Ugh. that I want to. I know I want to like Michael Ironside should, should win. The, should be the protagonist in this thing and that and and everything. Even if he is doing stuff that isn't what is probably best and for everyone in the long run. But he is someone who's driven. He's someone who wants to like uh, like by the end you know that he wants to like create this new world and everything and that uh, and everything. And it's just like oh, we don't spend enough time with him. Yeah. Uh, and everything and I think yes he's a great villain but he's not there enough and then if the protagonist uh, lack was actually good it would have drawn me like okay fine I can be fine with the, the okay like truthfully Darth Vader in the first few movies isn't there a ton no. in that but he's so compelling and that's what what Michael Ironside in this is, but then you also had that good side in Star Wars where this side you don't you don't uh, and that and everything uh, yeah, yeah like uh, I, like it was just something about him <laughs> in this yeah. acting and yeah but I again it's going back to the brother thing I just yeah. think like it's like desperado or it's like one of the most obvious tropes in cinema that all of a sudden it is a revealed oh no yeah. Boudreaux is my brother I just <laughs> don't do it just don't do it if unless they if they built better hints yeah and that and it, and everything like I enjoyed uh, Patrick McGowan uh, and everything of course I'm a huge fan of the prisoner yeah. so just seeing him with a big beard and older is like oh this is cool uh, and everything I like the ideas yeah is the problem is like there's a good movie here uh, and it's I don't know if it was a budget thing I'm guessing it was uh, or, or like they were doing it at a dead run like they, they didn't have a, a to do they just had to make do with the best take they got on the day with the time that they had <laughs> well I'd really like to know why they picked them like yeah. that's the part I want to know like in that and I should have actually done a bit more looking into like why did they pick Black to do this like there must have been other people uh, and that and everything but he is just a sink yeah. But usually there's a measured thing about Cronenberg, and like Cronenberg himself as an actor is very flat. I don't know if mm-hmm. like he, he connected to that because he saw himself in the performance, but like uh, usually I feel like everything's considered. It's got this sort of smooth, measured quality to Cronenberg's work. Yeah. And Scanners feels ragged as shit to me. Like, it really does feel amateurish. It feels more amateur than The Brood did, as I keep going back to it. It's not that I'm against early sort of figuring himself out Cronenberg. Rabbit is a really sloppily made movie, but he's super young and, like, micro-budget. So, like, we get it. It feels like the craft should be getting elevating, like with each film, and, and Scanners technically kind of felt like a step backwards in some yeah. ways. There's also some bits where I was kind of like, why did they do it this way? Uh, so when they um, they they have my guard inside, they show, they eventually you find out that oh, there's one of the scientists at the consac or whatever is not is working with with Ironside. And that, but they cut to the scene of them talking, and they don't actually show Ironside's face. Did you catch that? Yeah. Uh, when they're sitting on the bench, and it's like, why are you covering up? And it's not like this is a secret uh, and everything. Is something wrong with the and shot? I think, it, yeah, I don't know. Like it just it was kind of like, oh, is there going to be this other villain, or is there going to be something else? But then it was like, no, it's just him. Because then they show them later talking on the bench mm-hmm. at a different scene, and that, and like I don't know, like it's just. Like, I, I'm sounding really naked on this. It's actually, like, I actually really enjoyed Scatters. Oh, yeah? Uh, and I thought it was, like, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I think the special effects with the head 
blow up like just that scene is so I believe iconic. they used a shotgun for that they literally like exploded a, like a prop head with a gun oh jeez yeah <laughs> um, and that and I love I like the idea of where it all goes I like uh, when they get to the point where they're actually in the ho- they're at the hospital and they get to oh they're actually oh they're injecting women so that they, when they're pregnant uh, that the babies come out scanners and things like that and, and everything because that's what he actually he's doing this all for and everything uh, so yeah it's kind of a like a little bit of a hokey twist that oh they're related and stuff like that and everything but like the overall I think it's probably the ideas is yes. what I probably actually like uh, and everything um, this that, is a movie that should be remade I don't yeah, often yeah. say that but it, it looks dated over and above that but like um the idea there is strong, and the idea of good psychic versus bad psychic, sort of a Jedi fight in the modern world. Yeah. Um, you know, that. what can you do with that? I, I mean, it could be interesting. Apparently, they tried a few times, but all of the directors kind of wanted to kiss the ring of Cronenberg and ask <laughs> his permission, and uh, well, he was, he like, he didn't own the rights, but he didn't give his blessing, so am, they didn't do it. I am curious. I know the Soskas have looked at, like, they after, did the Rabbit. Rabbit, after the Rabbit, and they've got rights to do some others, uh, so I'm not sure if they actually got the rights to do Scanners. Well, I haven't seen their version of Rabbit, but I, I, I'm much more interested in the Saskas twins doing like American Mary or some like original yeah. work than, than, than doing remakes for just because I think they should. I'd be curious to hear their voice. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's I, another conversation. Yeah. I, I don't know. The potential is there. And I guess I'm sounding really mean too. There is some interesting stuff in there. And it is Cronenbergian then that we do have some of the body horror yep. and the identity elements to it. But I gotta say, it's it's a crucial moment in the movie, right? The the final showdown has happened, and it looks like Lack has been destroyed, and and like evil has yes. won. And then we have this weird shot with Michael Ironside with different eyes and Lack's voice Wait. saying, "It's over, we've won." And then a slam cut to yep. the credits, and like which could have worked if you actually knew how we would, they were fighting yeah. and what they were doing. Uh, nah. But I think I like that was like everywhere before it was always like, oh, well, like mainly just because of the one scene. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're just both trying to make each other's heads blow up Yeah, uh, is what you kind of look at it uh, and everything. And I think once you actually just, if you walk away for a minute and you're like, oh, that's what he was doing and that's him now swapped into that mind yeah. uh, or into that body. But it, yeah, they don't, I, I don't know if they need to spell it more, but also I don't think it was done that right. great to like it's to also a tough it. thing to visualize because like yes. the actors are just like pulling a, a grunty face and shaking their bodies and with normal people they can just put a bad idea in someone's head and they'll shoot themselves or mm-hmm. they'll walk into traffic or whatever like that, that's easy yeah. a scanner on scanner fight conceptually is really interesting yeah. visually kind of tricky <laughs> did you so did you think any at all throughout the movie about like some of the stuff that I've kind of thought about whether it was a little bit of the oh the whole is it is it a class struggle and is it the like the the either a class struggle or like if it's yeah, this was 80s so it's I like I don't think it's in there but like uh the whole oh like the conservatives versus left or like the hippies and that and you suddenly get the people who are the more rebellious people the more that gaining the power uh, by whatever means they can yeah. and they're now kind of at the point where they can take over and that's what really Ironside's trying to do 
uh, and everything because they are that rebellion. They're fighting against institution yeah. uh, and everything. Uh, but would a world full of scanners be a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sort of it felt a little bit more traditionally B sci-fi in that they, they're going to create a race of superhuman beings and improve us. Yeah. Uh, one of my like insane guilty pleasures is... <laughs> I'm going to lose all credibility with you right now. Uh, Bats, starring Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, I, I remember the DVD, <laughs> but I never actually watched it. The, it's hilariously bad, and it, and it's fun for that reason. But the scientist in that movie has this line, which I always remember. He says, well, that's what scientists do. We make things better. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of, there's the, the mad doctor and the, the evil brother sort of thing. It seemed a little bit more simplistic. I, I agree. I think those ideas could be there if you wanted them to be. They could be hinted at. But I yeah. think it's much more straightforward genre than, than we're used to seeing from, from Cronenberg. Uh, I like the ideas. I don't like the execution. I guess that's where I come down on, on scanners. And uh, this doesn't change my mind about Cronenberg. Again, it's, it's one of his oldest films, and it's one of the last ones I got around to actually watching. You said this was your first time watching it. Yeah, too. it's kind of, uh, like, oh, who knows? Like, there's some, I know I've seen, I saw a lot of stuff when I was much younger, like, right. even, like, when some of these things first came out. Uh, and they just kind of like, yep, they're gone. <laughs> like that. And, but yeah, I think there, there's something watch. everybody's aware of it, like in the way you've, whether or not you've seen Psycho, you're aware of the shower scene. Oh, yeah. Whether yeah, or not you've seen Scanners, yep. you're aware of the exploding head. Yeah. And it's, it's a, an interesting cult curio, but I just don't think it's his best work. Yeah. And for me, I like, like, I think I really like the ideas. I really liked, uh, I, uh, Ironside's so compelling <laughs> all the time uh, in everything he does. I always love uh, me some Ironside. And, uh, and seeing uh, Patrick McGowan in something and that. So I think I was very forgiving right. of it. Uh, but it also, like, like when we get to ranking them, like I, I would probably rank it up really, really high, probably, if it didn't have Mr. Lack. Lack in it. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'd be much more like, this would be like, oh, this is an amazing movie. But in the interest of making a dad joke, his performance was lacking. That was a lot of the comments when I was looking up after about <laughs> him being in. It was like, yeah, just the name even. I apologize. Uh, in that. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, so like, like it's, I, 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 I've seen, I think, pretty much, pretty much every Cronenberg now. Uh, and yeah, it, I don't, it's not up at the high level of them, uh, but it's definitely like, definitely worth a watch and everything, especially just for my fire inside and the head explosions. Yeah. <laughs> ich hab mich beworben, als Ärztin auf einem Cargo-Schiff. Dieser eine Flug. Und das Geld reicht, um nach Rea zu kommen. Für alle nochmal die Schichtreihenfolge. Dauer jeweils achteinhalb Monate. Ich übernehme die erste. Don Lindberg, Yoshida, Vespucci, Brockhoff, Bodman. Ich will nach Rea und dich und die Kinder endlich wiedersehen. Okay, so Cargo, uh, uh, German science fiction sort of space travel mix. Well, I noticed in a lot of these movies are kind of be borrowing from other science fiction movies, just like little corners of them. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking in the introduction about, you know, having seen so many science fiction movies, recognizing tropes, and trying to, like, trying to be ahead of the movie. Yep. And I think that I was, because it's a respected movie, but not a really well-talked-about movie, uh, I thought there might be a reason for that. So I was 
consistently trying to outsmart the movie and you know thinking ahead of it oh we're, we're not supposed to like that guy so that guy's gonna be okay we're supposed <laughs> to dislike this character so that's gonna work out. um so sometimes you can kind of work against the movie when you're doing that you're, you're <laughs> yeah your critical mind is not letting you just take the ride you're kind of in a way fighting with the plot so I think it's to the movie's credit that uh, I was eventually swept away with it. I think there is conventional stuff, there is familiar stuff in it, but this story about this woman who's doing a, a many-year journey through space, delivering this cargo ship uh, to a specific destination so that she can earn enough money to visit her sister in this ideal uh, Yeah, like place. the world, the Earth has gone to got the yeah. point where it's no longer habitable, or inhabitable, or whatever so, it is. Um, everybody's living yeah. not super exciting yeah. green lives, and but there's this ideal place, and I'm trying to remember what they Rhea. call it. Rhea, yeah. thank you. Yeah. She wants to get to Rhea, to where her sister and her sister's kids are, <clears throat> and this just job is yeah. going to be the thing that gets her there. Yeah, four years of being in cryogenic sleep, plus also she's the first one to wake up right. uh, because she's the doctor, yeah. and so she has to make sure everyone's healthy and that and everything. Uh, and then, of course, she wakes up, and then there's something else there, uh, or someone else, or something. They don't really say at first. Uh, but you have hints of, like, terrorism, uh, eco-terrorism and stuff like that. Uh, and whether that's tied into it, you have this new, uh, the first time ever, they, because of terrorism and stuff, they, they're not putting cops basically on, on, on each ship uh, and everything. So you have this cop there and then you have this crew that they, she knows nothing about either yeah. uh, and that uh, and yeah and once she wakes up of course kind of not hell starts breaking loose but like weird things slowly, start happening yeah weird things start slowly happening the nah. atmosphere of the movie is so strong that it feels almost like horror genre at times oh there, there's definitely some elements of horror in which I really yeah. appreciated we don't know what's going on like uh, is there a stowaway is there an alien uh, yeah. is the ship gone crazy Hal style the yeah. uh, cargo gets moved around regularly and automatically by the, the, the systems on the ship so that they don't freeze yeah uh, the atmosphere is dark because I guess they're conserving energy and the cold well, produces that's, ice. That, that's one part I really liked in the movie. I really liked the fact that it felt similar to like Alien, to like all these other movies of people about being isolated. Yeah. But then they added also this cold aspect of the fact that they are in space and they don't they don't heat up everything. Uh, and that, and then when they go into the actual cargo area, it's freezing. It's actually freezing and snowing, yeah. and that because they they have they have to have air in there, but so it's condensation and starts forming snow in this and that. The atmosphere is justified. Yeah. It, uh, so it was it, like it really had like I thought it was really smart for like uh, uh, like this is a first time director right. uh, feature film uh, and everything and that. Uh, and the special effects, I imagine, for the time. Uh, watching it now, the, you're kind of, I'm kind of like, most things look really good. Then there's every so often, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the, oh, the shiny parts of buildings yeah. look off. What, when we cut to some of the more uh, large exterior shots, yeah. I'm not fooled by the CGI, but yeah. I'm, I'm locked in enough with the story that I will let that stuff go. And I actually thought that the spacewalk sequence with the two of them out in the suits. Mostly there was some, uh, I thought that was a little bit weird. Right. Uh, when she first, uh, near, so this is near the end, when they, she first comes out, she's, uh, and maybe it's him, he first goes out, uh, he's just so lit up. Right. Uh, compared to outer space that it's like, uh, I think, no, you got it wrong uh, on that. But that's nitpicking on this. Uh, yeah, like for me, uh, my, I, I really like 
just kind of the overall story. Uh, you talked about how the fact, but as it went on, you got more drawn into it. I actually found kind of the same thing because about halfway through the movie, I was like, they, they have all the crew up. Yeah. They're like, so everyone's been woken back up. They know there's someone around here. You got these two guys. And I'm kind of like, all I'm thinking of is like, man, when I watched Alien, I actually cared about the two guys. In right. this one, I have no frigging clue who they are. They haven't said anything on that. Same, you have the one woman with the headphones uh, who's like, I I, th- I guess she might be the pilot or <laughs> she's the tech person of some sort. And I'm kind of like, I have no idea. And all of a sudden, they started doing things and they got involved and like they oh they have this the scene where like the big huge gate gets broken because they they that thing gets trapped in between so they're fixing the two guys are fixing us yeah uh and then you get this moment which looks like oh something's gonna come out and get the one guy and it's no it's the other guy just running up throwing a snowball at him and you just see the other guy like with the snow in his jack like top of the jacket (laughs) having been hit by a snowball just kind of like yeah, <laughs> type thing. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I suddenly care about them. <laughs> like uh, you brought life to these characters who, before that, I was like, nah, I had no interest at all. I like that there might have been a kind of meta quality to those two characters too, and that they knew that they were secondary, tertiary characters in this grim science fiction film. So like yeah. they were trying to figure out ways they could exit themselves from the plot, and <laughs> yeah. kind of successfully do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. here's where we get to the familiar aspect yep. of the thing. This Rhea place, as we find out, does not actually exist. It's a matrix of sorts. Yeah. And the cargo that they're moving, which was supposed to be building supplies for a space station, is actually people. It's people! Yeah. <laughs> which I was cool with the people uh, part. And then I, I, I don't know if I even by that point, but I knew early on that, oh, Rhea's not real right? <laughs> and that and it's all some virtual and that. like I, it was just something clicked with it and I'm just like yep yeah, no I know that the, that uh, and then it was like well why would they be shipping people and that and everything and I in like it, like once they started talking about all the VR stuff then I'm like okay fine like this it, it all fit in really quickly right uh, and that and but I don't think it really took too much away from it uh, no, for me it just it was a familiar element much like yeah. A lot of it's sort of cut and paste aspects of other things. There's definitely alien in this. You're right in that it's sort of like a a crew of normal folks. They're not military. Yep. They're just your average laborers, and except for the military people who are put on there. And yeah, the inherent distrust we have of the system and the the military apparatus. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just didn't like that female woman, the the military girl. I can't remember the character's oh, name. Oh, like the first mate. Yeah. And like, okay. I, she just she just came off right away as like she's a villain. She knows more than she's letting on, and that played out to be true. Yeah. <laughs> and I also they have the this fluid that people sleep in for deep space. If someone comes too much of a problem, instead of having to tie them up and lock them away, they have this option of just putting them to sleep in these little goo beds. Uh, so I know I didn't mind that. Uh, to me, what I minded was the relationship that burgeoned between uh, the, the cop and like I was kind of like he just kissed her I'm like if I was her I would have decked him yeah. at that point and like what the hell like like I met you what like we've been up and yes we've gone through a little bit of like okay 
you almost saved my, you were kind of sort of saved my life. You were there. I could have just climbed up anyways. Yeah. Uh, and that. But then it was like, oh, that just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, well, and, and it's not smart. Everything we'd seen her do was smart. And she's asking oh, very direct questions. And he just kisses and her and he doesn't gone. answer. Yeah. And he's like, all of my, all of your questions will be answered by my penis. Yeah. And that seems to satisfy her. Yeah. And like, and like, <laughs> so, so like, if we're, like, if we really want to pick, like, it's the same with, uh, like, I'm still trying to figure out the logic of the, I get the cryogenics and sleeping. Right. I don't get why that really hurt the guy's arm if they're able to get in dressed like where they were and be put to sleep in this thing how weren't they freezer burnt right. or whatever but this guy sticking his arm in I was also like as soon as they put her in I'm like oh, we'll oh, see her yeah. why, why did you put her in with the card <laughs> like I was like like they highlight the card going in yeah. uh, so like there's lots of like I think it's if I was if it was someone like me making trying to make this thing or something I think I would have been like pretty harsh on a lot of just little pieces of it right. uh, in that of like uh, so much oh like why that why did we do that why why does it like and that like the overall the big plot of it uh, the scares that were in it like I actually liked uh, I'm not big on jump scares but I I actually in kind of I sort of enjoyed the oh yeah they pull open the door and she falls the head falls down or whatever yeah. uh, not the full head but just like the body uh, and that uh, I like the this the atmosphere of the cargo bay uh, and everything and those things moving uh, I, I'd be nitpicking again like why unless you at the beginning start talking about oh we're run down more than they did like they I think they kind of hinted a little bit at it uh, and maybe I missed some of it but why did the like when suddenly the cargo bay start moving and she's climbing on the ladder? Why have the need to have one of the railings break right. and fall apart? Why have the need to have her at the end going out into space and suddenly her suit fails? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that like I know you're I amp- you're, amping, you're amping tension, yeah, but I don't think there was a need to amp the tension that way. I take more issue with like you say the the metal limbs of uh, rungs on the ladder yeah. snapping off like that just doesn't did just didn't make sense yeah. it was it was adding to the tension of her struggle and the climb yeah. but it was kind of ridiculous like just have her slip some more <laughs> like but you don't need to have that break I, I've tried to resist this usually when I find myself thinking about that if I think about it while I'm watching the movie uh, then it's problematic but like if I think about it after the fact that means that while I was in the movie it didn't bother me yeah I have to believe that in a world where we have these vast container units with the automated shifting containers, that there would be a, some sort of safety protocol that if you had people in the cargo bay, <laughs> they don't shift. They would not shift. It yeah. just—it's just like common sense. That just makes sense. But then we wouldn't have had that awesome sequence where they had to run as all of the cargo things yeah. were shifting around. And, and it, while it was happening, I didn't think about it. And if, after the movie, I did. If you treat it as that, uh, it's not something automatic right and it's someone deliberately doing it and she, like in the time like, oh, they well, don't who, know yeah. yeah they don't know and like well if it is someone who and who's doing it well there's only so many people on the ship and unless it's like the terrorist guy yeah. <laughs> type thing then okay it has to be the first mate uh, and everything and she probably would have the permission levels the rights to do it uh and everything so i kind of like okay well it, it, I can I can justify it all yeah. and everything uh, and that but yeah like really it's that whole to me that like the, the the only downside is like just some of the actual 
or like little oh let's just amp things up this way let's do that uh, and then that whole relationship yeah uh, the relationship was too quick and I think they were trying to make more impact for when he does the bold sacrifice yeah. at the end so if they were just buds maybe it wouldn't have been as big a deal for yeah, him yeah I, I was like ah let's not sacrifice him who cares yeah. like let's bring him back both back in why not I took uh, more issue with the the story of the terrorist the stowaway getting more to spoilers the why were there still new stuff happening about the terrorist four years later yeah and, and that if how he's could, been there and if his buddy knew he was on board which yeah. we were supposed to know that how did you not expect a guy to not go crazy in absolute <laughs> solitude in freezing cold temperatures living in a like a, a hole in the wall yeah. for four years while everyone slept of course the fucking guy went crazy yeah like they really they almost should have had something where oh he wasn't like there was extra cryogen pods or whatever and something. he was in it and then for whatever reason it fails and he's now like out or and that's why he's moving around uh and that but it's a long wait for basically a jump scare reveal that is almost immediately followed by the dude's death like yeah it's Which a don't... long walk to nowhere really <laughs> what did you think of so what, when they get to that whole like okay we have the fight with the terrorist and everything and the gun points out and shoots and pulls back in i was like oh man why like I we know who it is yeah like we know it's not the not her not, yeah. it, we know it's gonna be the guy it's not gonna be the one helper person who doesn't matter if it was they would have just showed him yeah and there's no one else here who it could be yeah so why not just show yeah uh, and that and everything uh, and that's usually when a movie's misstepping, when they think that they're being smarter than the audience, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. But I'm, again, I'm focusing on the critical things, because largely I would recommend Cargo. If you're, if you're into sci-fi and if you're into horror, both of like, there's enough tension in the movie that it feeds that sort it of horror vibe. It looks really cool for a first-time director. If so sure. if, so uh, I, I have this tendency when I watch a lot of stuff of, oh, hey, would I show it? Right. Uh, type thing. And I'm like, yeah, I probably would have shown, like, if, especially at back in, like, in 2009, if this came out, like, the special effects are great. It's it's an international film. Uh, the story's done well in general uh, and everything. Yeah, there's nitpicks uh, and everything. Uh, but it's doing something really, really well. Yeah. It's like, it's telling this story uh, and everything. Uh, and I, in like I said, I didn't care about the characters at first. But by the end, I actually did care about all of them. I even like I I, I lo like you said. I love the fact that they base like the two the two helper guys are like the ones like yeah screw it let's just like sacrifice all them so yeah. we can just go live on Rhea yeah. in this virtual world and we don't have to be stuck in this crap yeah. hole job. Uh, if we're thing. not stuck on this ice block ship anymore, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, we're winning. Yeah, it's fake. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, uh, which I like. I like that. Like having that kind of counterbalance uh, and everything. Uh, and yes, the first mate is also kind of like, yeah, uh, the, it, I'm, I don't know if it would have been better if they got rid of her and kept the captain or did right. something different, uh, in that there yeah. was just something on her face that screamed villain. I, yeah. I don't even know. I, I might just be the actor's face. There's just something about her that is like, I don't trust you right away. <laughs> yeah. It, like it almost would have been cool if somehow they kept the captain and still had her be the villain right uh and everything and the captain's like going along but then get get kind of get converted to the side of oh yeah this no maybe what we're doing is wrong uh yeah. and that and everything uh especially since earth is now back like yeah. if we're finding out hey it's we can live here again well why would we keep doing this 
it's just uh, muddy stuff. After four years, who knows how things have changed on Earth? Like you really don't. You don't want to be this fanatical about the belief system because shit might have changed. Yeah. Uh, so one one more thing. I yeah. just think of looking at like just looking at the list of movies. I just kind of suddenly realized like this fear of like and maybe there's something that's in bread in science fiction often the big business the corporation yep. the company like just like oh yeah scanners had it this has it when we get the signal we have it Gattaca definitely has it yeah uh, and that uh, I don't know if Immortal really does but like Immortal has too much going on <laughs> so yeah. uh, like it might be in there and I just didn't even notice uh, so yeah like and even saying like 2010 it's like oh the you suddenly and not so much business but you have the countries and yeah. that and everything so I, I it was just kind of another thing the that powers kind of, that be are not to be trusted even in this future high tech world yeah, yeah and the way to win is to not trust them yeah uh, and everything and I think that we can see that through a lot of these it's good to say some nice things about this international science fiction movie because yeah. spoilers moving forward I'm going to be saying some not nice things about another <laughs> international science fiction movie good enough yep it's incredible Listen for a minute. We've got to get out of here. I can't just order us to leave here for no reason. Forget reason. There's no time to be reasonable. I can't find him! Are you sure you're making the right decision? I think we should stop. Something's going to happen. What? Something wonderful. an unenviable task to be asked to make the follow-up to Stanley Kubrick's 2001 <laughs> A Space Odyssey and especially like it would imply that you on some level were playing in the same level as Kubrick and Peter Hyams is a totally capable director. I mean, I like the relic quite a bit. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got a lot of like, he has a lot of movies. And yeah, like, there's some classics in there. But I don't think anyone was ever going to compare Hyams to Kubrick. It seems like kind of a, a strange pick. Uh, 2010, whether you think it's a worthy follow up to 2001 or not, what I love about it is how it is such a straight faced science fiction movie. Like it's it's about space travel and it's about this mission of discovery and aside the business that we'll get to with the monoliths or whatever the science fiction elements are less what's causing the the drama in the movie mm -hmm. than it is the intercharacter play and just space survival and all of that is engaging enough that the the movie works on that basis it's from the mid 80s and it's set in the near future from there and that's always problematic for sci-fi i mean <laughs> yeah. the fact that we're 10 years in the past now <laughs> that's right and i kept on thinking where are all the screens why are there not screens everybody why doesn't everybody have the james bond phones and all of this stuff uh they were doing the best they can within the 80s but 
it's kind of stuck in the 1985 or whatever when it was made. I want 84. 84, thank you. Uh, it's, it's, it's stuck in that way. And, and this is something that 2001 is guilty of, too, in that the future presented in 2001 looked very, you know, 1969, early yep. 70s, right? So we're not being convinced that this is not an 80s-made film. I, I also think that, like, and I deliberately tried while watching this. Uh, so this is the first time watching me again on this one, oh, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, like I said, this is why I picked this, like, you gave me that whole list. I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't watched this. I haven't watched this. I'm like, okay, a bunch of those. I'm like, oh, I've seen all those. Uh, but I deliberately, like, I think it was last year, like, I had just revisited 2001 uh, and that. And this movie isn't trying to be that. Uh, and everything and I think if you go in and do compare them yeah you're going to be disappointed because it's not that but it's also not trying to be this oh let's be heady let's be like really let's just like all like going all not psychological but I'm just trying to think of the words for it like it's so much more like 2001 is so much more just the like it's trying to melt your brain it's yeah it's the experience of it yeah. uh, and everything and that where this is like no we're going to tell a good straight up strong sci-fi with really int- like I love all the characters in this yeah uh, the the special effects are, are great for the time and everything um, it's interesting that it's a Russian uh, yeah. spacecraft and that yeah. the, there's the American component on board just sort of piggybacking because it's an important discovery and they have information yeah. that and, the Russians are going to need and if we're looking back we know we're going through a time when like America and Russia are going through this Cold War uh, and everything and so in the future it's still going on yeah. but it's another thing that locks and it that, in the 80s right yeah. and that uh, so yeah like it's to me it's like I don't want to judge it on the same like and if I do that I know it's going to fail but. If Hyams had tried to make this movie melt our brains in the yeah. way that Kubrick did, it could only fail. <clears throat> yeah. It's also, the blueprint was there from him in Arthur C. Clarke's book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And unlike Kubrick, <clears throat> Hyams is a talent who can sort of hold hands with another talented person. I get the feeling with Kubrick, it's never genuinely collaboration, right? Arthur C. Clarke and Kubrick do a movie together. Kubrick eats Arthur C. Clarke, right? <laughs> yeah. Kubrick and Stephen King. Kubrick eats Stephen yep. King. Kubrick always has to be the big alpha. He 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 had a bit of a bit of an attitude, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how well he played with others. He may have been a genius, but I think he's he's difficult. Yeah. Um, but the the novels do actually care about you know narrative structure and characters going through, and. You know, it's hard to complain about a cast that includes Helen Mirren, Roy Scheider, John Lithgow, Bob Balaban. Yeah. Uh, so what it comes down to, I mean, I can watch it as this timepiece. I can accept it as a piece of science fiction from the 80s, uh, where the st- story mildly disappoints me. And this probably goes, I've never read the novel, to be fair. I assume it goes from the novel, is the redemption arc of Hal. Because oh, Hal was so terrifying to me. Like as a concept yeah. and as a villain in two thousand one. <laughs> so I love this part about it. Nice. Uh, and actually, uh, because uh, it's that the same thing of like talking about those other movies uh, and that of that distrust. Right. Of We're the, built the, in to not like how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly, all you have to do, like, if if they hit, and I'm like, 
So does that mean if in the first movie, if they had just actually told Hal what they have to do and that he would have just gone, oh, okay, <laughs> this is, yeah, my, my job is to save this or do this where, uh, and everything. And so, yeah, okay, I'm willing to, I'll sacrifice myself. Like that, and doing that in this, it's like just going like, yeah, like if we just trust this yeah. and that and we'll be honest and it's treating people well and that uh, and like that even like even like the closing line of dialogue of like hey this is our basically you have everything else this is our planet and yeah. stuff like that and just like and that and how it can bring everyone together I like that's I, I, I like this redemption stuff right. in this one I think it worked really well and it all tied together with Hal being redeemed well let me let me defend myself just a little yeah. bit I mean I, I like I like how it's handled, and I really think that the last scene between Bob Balaban and Hal yeah. is great. And like, uh, there's nothing wrong with the execution. The problem is me. It's just not what I wanted. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> um, but it's executed. Hell, hell, well. hell to you as a horror. Yeah, a like, horror villain. Uh, and basically, like yeah. the iciest, most terrifying one because you cannot talk Hal out of anything. Once Hal has, you know, made yep. his decision, you're. Wow. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just thinking a good way to relate it to be like, oh, we're watching Friday the 13th, and someone comes up and decides to hug Jason and it fixes it all. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. It's like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't, like, yeah, yeah like this shouldn't have happened to you and your mom. Jason, okay, it's time, all out, time out, Jason. Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, like it was an accident. Oh, okay. And then it's all solved. And I, I can buy that. <laughs> and I kind of figured like they were going to get there. The ship was still intact, but uh, Hal would probably be on the defensive if they reactivated him. If he had any memory of what happened, he'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed up and they're going to know I'm screwed up and they're going to try and terminate me. But that's not what the movie is. Yeah. And it defies expectation. And that's fine. I, and I, I, I complained in the past about not judging a movie for what you want it to be yep. but for what it is and somehow that can skew your perspective but again it's not a hard hit against the movie if it wasn't handled well then I'd be much more angry about it but I love that again Bob Balaban saying telling Hal the truth that they're going to have to sacrifice Hal so that they can get out of there yep. Hal agreeing to it and Bob Balaban saying you deserve the truth and then Hal's last question being will I dream yeah that's all just so amazing. Like, it's so well done. Um, well, and I think there's, like, so much of this movie, like, the little pieces. Like, so, like, like I was talking about, like, in in uh, Cargo, the little pieces, there was lots of little th- issues. In this, I don't think there is. Right. Uh, the, when they're, exper- they have to do that burn or whatever it is around the planet uh, and everything. And everyone's terrified. And everyone's terrified. And it's just hit the... Uh, Roy Schneider and the one woman in the bunk yeah uh, and everything it's just like that's such a perfect moment yeah because uh, it's like yeah they're just scared they're gonna die they know that uh, and everything so it's just this perfect moment and there's so many of those little moments and stuff and how they all can come back together uh, and that and after getting pulled apart uh, like I like even just the discussion at the beginning uh, with uh, well, the bald guy, uh, Dana, something, I can't remember his name. Uh, the Russian right. shows up at the satellite dish to get Roy Schneider. Uh, the Scheider, actually. Yeah, Scheider, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that discussion they have and just how they play that. Like, it's a nice, great little scene. Well, and uh, it's very visual, like the, the yeah. levels. <laughs> the, the, Roy Scheider's way up above him, but this guy's got more information than Roy Scheider. He's trying to lure him down. Yeah. The, and the mistrust between the two characters, it's well handled. It's yeah. when it's well handled right out of the gate. It's one of the early scenes of the movie. Yeah. 
Um, and it addresses the sacrifice that these people make for, for space travel. This is going to be a many year trip and he's got a six year old son who's going to be like well grown when he, mm-hmm. by the time he sees him again. Um, I, it's, it's, both of those, both these last two movies actually did get me thinking of the whole with the cryogenic sleep stuff, things like that. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, uh, if you actually did a science fiction movie where you actually dealt with that? Of the how, repercussions. The repercussions of like, okay, if I'm not aging, but all everyone, my family's aging, or my friends are aging, or that, and everyone getting out of sync always. Yeah. For me, um, I just had a nap. For you, four years have gone. Yeah, by. there's been a four-year gap in our friendship. In that, and yeah. I feel they all just skip that somebody yeah. all the time. No. It's just how they get from A to B. Yeah. I really like the dynamics with the, the mistrust between the the Russian and the Americans on the in the spaceship. Yep. But 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 through all of the anxiety that they go through and this unbelievable you know first contact scenario yep. that they're put in they grow up pretty well by the end yep. of it they're working and they're hearing all this terrible stuff at earth that are like everyone's going to be killing each other they shouldn't be cooperating in any way and they're like this is bigger than any of us yep. and we're not going to let some petty shit and i kept on waiting for one of the americans to do something drastically hostile and stupid or one or of the, the russians, russians to do too, something yeah. And neither of those things happened, yep. and it was such to the benefit of the movie. Yeah, like, like the characters and all this are just all so well written. Uh, even the ones like I like I, I couldn't tell you who the woman is who got in with Roy Scheider right. in the bunk, but I'm like it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, in that, uh, and then but then the ones who do matter, they you can just see their person. I love that John Lithgow ends up with the hat yeah. <laughs> after uh, type thing. I'm like, I was kind of like watching like. Wouldn't one of the Russian people say, hey, don't take his hat? Yeah. <laughs> and that, but it's like, oh no, they probably like, oh no, you could tell they connected. They, they were and that, yeah. and that, so it's like, okay, well, well yeah, okay, you got, you got his hat, fine. <laughs> the one convention, well, maybe not the one convention, but a convention of the movie that this definitely had is how they went way out of their way to make us like that one Russian character. So yeah, yeah. you knew. <laughs> you yeah. knew when they sent him out there, he was dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, like, uh, like, really overall, like, to me, if we strip it apart right. in that I think it's a really great strong science fiction I think they're the the story is told really well the characters are really interesting uh, I, I like I I really dug when you do tie them together how they can give Hal a re- like I don't know we're disagreeing yeah. a little bit but how they can give Hal that redemption uh, and that by just people being good uh, and everything and that uh, and I didn't feel it needed to blow people's minds. So like, right. like, uh, because if they tried it, yeah, like you said, it would have failed totally. And everything. So it's mostly positive things. It's it's only when you ask to compare it to two thousand one that I guess it becomes problematic. And I guess I would sort of ask. I still think it like it, I liked it. I thought it worked. I watched it just the other day, and I was engaged by it. I wasn't bored in any way. But do you think a modern audience would embrace it as much as people who have the full context as you and I? Like, if you were, say, 22 instead of 42, like, do you think this movie would have the same impact? Uh, depends. Uh, I don't know. Like, so, it really, I think it really depends if what, not what age you're watching this, uh, although that definitely, I think, does matter, because as you get older and you watch more movies, you get more accustomed to things, and you want more than just spectacle. Yeah. Uh, but I also think we've got to a time where how many science fiction movies do we get other than little independent stuff that are let's tell a good story right let's let's not worry about like the spectacles here like yeah. it is but it's that's not what 
matters in this. The it's ideas. The, the ideas and the story. Uh, and that's really, like, when you're tying these together and stuff like that and trying to do something like, oh, hey, let's do real sci-fi, like, this is a perfect example of it yeah. uh, and everything. Uh, and, and so, like, I don't... It, it would it would do well in that it would bomb at the theater. Right. And then over years, it people would pick up, it would become this cult film yeah. uh, that people really appreciate and like. Uh, it doesn't spoof feed you. It doesn't no. talk down to you. Yeah. And it's not a fantasy. It's science fiction. Yeah. Yeah, and you could see every bit of this actually really happening. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming, like, uh, all the actual, like, science the flight stuff all that stuff probably is pretty realistic to what it would be like uh, as realistic as they can make it maybe yeah. yeah I liked it a lot yeah what are you gonna tell me I need to protect myself from what So the signal. Uh, it's directed by William Eubank. Yep. Uh, I thought that was his first movie, but you're telling oh. me that he has a one. So it's interesting. Uh, his actually first movie is called Love, uh, and if you watch the trailer, you will see serious 2001 vibes. Oh, interesting. And uh, in that uh, it's all about a guy stuck out in space uh, on the space station by himself and everything, just kind of surviving and everything. Uh, and stuff's going on on Earth, and he's watching it from yeah. up in space. Uh, but you also get elements of uh, check the trailer out. Okay. <laughs> uh, you get elements of like civil war battle uh-huh. uh, and stuff going. On. So like it's this. It's supposed to be this really heady, uh, like really smart sci-fi kind of like tying in, like not tying into two thousand one, but that feel. Uh, of a lot going on and being big picture even though it's just one guy in a little space station and right. he truthfully uh, if I remember correctly uh, he actually like built the space station in his backyard and <laughs> uh, that for his first movie and that and everything well uh, I haven't seen that one so I can't speak to it but uh, he's just got this new monster movie out with Kristen Stewart yeah Underwater uh, Underwater yeah not the most exciting title for a movie but uh, I met- I've heard that it's actually overperforming for people a lot of people maybe it's the low expectations people have going in but it's Really, it's good. Okay, uh, that's good uh, to hear. It, it starts really well, and it tells a really interesting story, and goes eat places, uh, and then and we don't want to spoil what it is. But okay. it's like it's tied to a lot of stuff that's actually kind of starting to pick back up right now, uh, and everything in like some horror stuff and things like that. So by the time you get to the end, it's like, oh, it's another one of these types of well, movies. Fans uh, of the show will know that I am down for an underwater monster movie, like all yeah. of the time. Yeah. Uh, the, the Signal is one of these movies that surprised me. I, I believe I picked it up in like the two for $10 bin at Walmart, and I'd actually never even heard of it. I I knew he was still making movies, but yeah. I wasn't. I, it didn't go across like, my radar either. It just appeared, but it looked kind yeah. of interesting. It was a cheap science fiction movie, and I thought it would be worth the gamble. And a lot of the times when that happens, you know, 
this is an interesting actor in this. It's a cool concept. Why haven't I heard of it? Yep. Is there probably a reason? And sometimes that exactly happens. But this is one of those cases where I watched it and it surprised me. Well, this is one of the ones where, like, this one came through Sundance. And mm-hmm. it was actually like a Sundance pick and everything. So it played there and it got a theatrical run and everything yeah. and that. Uh, but just yeah, missed me somehow. It just, it's also, it's a smaller movie and those Sundance movies that are smaller ones often do get theatrical and then they go away uh, and everything. It's about a group of friends who are uh, on a road trip and uh, they take a detour because they have this hacker that they've been sort of messing with them that they're trying to find out more about and they figured out the source of where this guy is, is coming from so they're gonna they're gonna go there and they're gonna confront him and figure out what the shit's going on and then things go a little bit sideways things get a little bit twilight zone and, <laughs> and uh looks like someone's sucked into the air or there's a weird flash of light and they wake up in this facility yeah. and terrifying experiments are being done and a very stoic uh lawrence fishburne is you know yeah. On one hand, giving them information, and on another hands being, you know, <laughs> very you, you, you've mysterious. Had, you've had an alien contact, and now you're under watch. From yeah, this, basically. Uh, we talked again in the previous times about that. Yeah, this movie does borrow things from other science fiction movies. I think most notably Dark City, but it's a, a very different aesthetic and a different approach yeah. to that kind of you know changing world sci-fi. And uh, it's sort of like, you know, we were saying earlier on, one of those things, there were a few turns of the plot that didn't well, completely sit with me when the movie was over, but while I was watching the movie, I was 100% in it, I was committed to the okay. characters, I liked the characters, I wanted to see them solve this mystery or get out of it. When we lose one of them, it's like, uh, it hurts a little bit, like it matters more, there's not a lot of tertiary characters who just are... are, are Wipe off the screen for no for for an effect. And for me, I think uh, I, I I'm torn because uh, I really enjoyed the first half. Uh, I enjoyed the, when they get to the house. Uh, actually, I love the part where they do the gag uh, of him sitting in the chair uh, and everything. Because I'm like, that's right out of Blair Witch. Yeah. But it's also hilarious. Like it's the same as the two helper guys with the snowball. It was, I was like, yeah, that's playing with expectations. Yeah, and that that's like, oh, that that that's fun. Thank uh, you. And everything. Yes. And I love the like, oh, when shit actually happens there and how it happens and them coming out and seeing her like up into the air, yeah. fly like and everything and that. And I'm like, okay, we've just changed what this movie is uh, and everything, which is really uh, I can go, go along with. But then as soon as I got into the actual them him being questioned by Lawrence Fishburne all I could look at was the mask the helmet I'm like yeah that's either not gonna be his real face or it's going to be like something behind it or something and um, then I started like oh yeah like and I was just like oh yeah you're ahead of the movie the whole right from there on the whole time and I was even like oh yeah they're no longer on earth uh and that and it's just made to like and like I think I just it was too obvious that it just sucked me right out. It was a, it's a Twilight Zone twist. Yeah. Uh, granted, I think like there's they just add some interesting components, but I guess the problem becomes I like the ideas of the movies. I like how they they handle the sequences in the movies, but but 
like in the end does it make sense they give these guys these crazy superpowers and then don't expect there and to be negative repercussions yeah. and also like why why are they trying to kill him yeah. <laughs> now why are they point? chasing him where does he, he have to go well, yeah and then. like he will eventually find himself in a corner where there's there's nowhere else from oh run. great he's gonna get to the edge of our spaceship yeah. and see that we're flying to this place and be stuck so <laughs> since he can't go anywhere anywhere in the end that doesn't really matter yeah. uh why this chase through the desert? Why why the gunfights? Why? And while you're watching the movie, like that wasn't front and center in my mind necessarily. Yeah. But as I was sitting with the movie, I was like, that's so, for the benefit of the reveal, I guess. But like, if, yeah. And if you, if they had gotten, so they managed to escape and they get out and they're running into all the other people who have been conducted yeah. or whatever, they could have actually dealt with met with like and like oh and like not necessarily like so these people none of them know they're on a spaceship right but they all know some weird shit's happening let's deal with that let's have that uh as opposed to just a big chase yeah. uh and everything and that and uh, how did you feel about the fact that it's like oh let's take someone who has issue can't walk is having trouble like I, I did he was he crutches they didn't, was they didn't it really cerebral specify. palsy or like he was getting he, he was developing it yeah uh, and everything and the fact that he was losing his legs and motion and that and then and everything and then the, oh they give him the they give him the new legs and that I'm kind of like I don't get what they're going why and, and everything like it was just like it didn't and, and I guess it just didn't click the the one thing that I thought was maybe unintentionally hilarious was his final run for the exit <laughs> like yeah. his legs are super powered and like oh and then he runs through a wall which should have like disintegrated his whole body <laughs> should have killed him yeah. but it's just it has this roadrunner aspect to him when he's running down the road and he just becomes fast as a bullet and basically disappears leaving yeah. this crazy dust like I thought of the roadrunner and yeah. not in a good way <laughs> yeah. But I guess I'm, uh, I, I was more forgiving of the movie than you. I yeah. saw the Dark City ending coming, too. Maybe maybe I saw it later than you did, but I definitely saw it coming. And I do take that as a bad sign if the movie thinks that it's ahead of us and it's not. Like, <laughs> I was really... I, I read a, a couple of reviews after a little bit and stuff, and they were talking about... Like, it really did talk about... like Or actually, uh, some stuff from William Eubank himself and everything. And what the movie was really supposed to be about was people going... Uh, trying to survive and just deal with internally like these changes the what's going on and that and everything and i don't know i just didn't buy it <laughs> uh now to say that like i i really enjoyed the first half right uh and getting to know these characters and that and i just i think because they changed it so much and went this other way and i didn't buy into it uh and everything I know yeah. it's kind of a cliche moment because we see it a lot of time. This the secondary character, the buddy with the glasses. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, he does this really bold sacrificing of himself secret sequence to their truck has been pitted in and stopped so they can't escape. He's been mortally wounded. He's bleeding out. Yeah. And the, there's something strangely powerful about the way that scene's handled. It's like completely young guns cheesy as far as like uh you know this is this is the quote heroic death that a lot of these movies have but i don't know there was a, i believed the relationship between those guys and that like when they said goodbye for the last time and when he died the weight of that death hit the movie and hit me a lot stronger oh, cool. than i thought it would yeah. like uh, it, it didn't seem as it somehow didn't seem as earned as it was but i was like that sucked 
That sucked. <laughs> yeah. That actually sucked more than the reveal at the end that they were in this... They're stuck in space, yeah. They're stuck in outer space in this this mouse maze, you know. <laughs> they're being just experimented on by aliens, and that's presumably their fate. Yeah. Question. Yep. Was the female character dead? What happened to her? Then? There was the, the truck... <laughs> sorry, the, the, the truck rolls they they read the road roadblock and uh the truck rolls and somehow both of them end up outside of the truck and she's picked up off the ground and it looks like her eyes are a little bit open but maybe a little bit not it's a weird shot and she's oh, carried away. away yeah and then he gets up and there's a standoff just with him but like i didn't understand like did they take her away with they took her off the board because she was Do dead I... was she injured it seemed like a weird thing to leave unresolved i've I'm trying to think. So I think in my mind, uh, she was alive. She was alive, and she was just basically back captured again. Yeah, and that and everything. Uh, and then why? Why he just didn't have a way to save her or anything like that yeah. and everything. So, uh, but yeah, no, I'm kind of like yeah. Now I'm kind of like oh, this is another one. <laughs> it was just a weird. It was a weird last moment for that character. I mean, it's not a happy ending for anyone. They're they're basically going to be experimented on forever. Is I guess what's going to happen to them. Yeah. They're not going to be let go. There's no way home. Um, so that renders the sacrifice of his friend kind of moot. What what, what did you think of Nomad and Damon? <laughs> Again, it was handled a little heavy hand. Like I'm like oh. ah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like I it's truly even. So if I had gone through all that, and then like, and then he walked up, and I'm like, look at his badge, and it says Damon. I don't think I would have because suddenly, oh, nomad. Yeah, uh, like it was just like no. This what? Why? The badge why? on him was the thing. If he just said his name, I would have gone with it. I would have just let it go. Mm-hmm. But he had the name badge on it, and they showed us the close-up on the name badge. It's yeah. like, this is a thing. And like, yeah, we get it. Again, it's one of those times it's, where the movie thinks it's smarter it's than us. It's too on the nose. And, and it's yeah. they hit it too hard. Yeah. If it was just, if he just very quickly mentioned his name when they first met, and that was like it, and then maybe you could say it was more clever. Yeah. But the movie overperformed for me, I guess. I, I was kinder to it. <laughs> I recognize that it's one of these piecemeals of other movies. You know, the... Uh, what's the guy who did The Descent? Uh, Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall did that movie Doomsday. Oh, that, that, and that's a peep of mine, that one. It's a piecemeal of other movies, yeah. right? This is the scene from Aliens, this is a scene from Mad Max, and this is a scene... And yeah. like, dude, you're an incredibly talented and original filmmaker. What? What? Why? <laughs> yeah. Right? This didn't feel like that. The ideas were maybe taken from other places, but the approach felt... Yeah, and the, I, to me, I think the story just isn't strong. Yeah, once you halfway. I say the same thing about the, the these James Wan Boo movies, like The Conjuring stuff like that. There's absolutely nothing new about mm-hmm. those movies at all, but they're handled well. Yeah, and I guess I would say a similar thing about The Signal. It's not cutting edge sci-fi. It's not really breaking new ground. But I think considering the budget, it's well handled. I, I think he has. I it's truthfully, like I think he has a lot of skill. Uh, I think the story just lets it down, uh, really. Like, I think he can make a really good movie. And uh, that I know people who dislike love. I I thought it was really neat and looked really good. Well, I gotta say, it. same underwater. Like, I'm I really curious to check this. them both out. Yeah, like this is just the story let me down. Yeah, but it's competent filmmaking. Yep, for sure. You're the greatest mystery of nature I've ever come across. Some of the vertebrate animals on this planet shed their skin. You are going through the same process. Young women like her are rare, extremely rare. 
a few of them in the entire universe. They don't even know who they are themselves or the power they have. You're going to need someone to take you home. What power? The greatest power of all. So I don't get a lot of uh, emails from from listeners as many not not as many as I'd like, especially from listeners who are, are new to me. But and I always love to get female oh, female. <laughs> I always like to get feedback from my listeners uh, at rankingreview uh, <laughs> at gmail If you wanted to do so, very rarely do I get feedback. But I got feedback when I did my review, fairly savage review of the much beloved sci fi film, The Fifth Element. Oh, I have to listen to that. I didn't. My <laughs> argument being that though it is beautiful, it was just essentially empty and simplistic and baby formula sci-fi as far as I'm concerned. I just think it's a vastly overrated thing. It's pretty, but for me, that's about it. It is so much better than Immortal. <laughs> yeah. It is so much better than Immortal that I feel like I owe the fifth element an apology after I watched Immortal. I, I, I couldn't say that the movie didn't have ambition, and at the time I'm sure it was a great visual treat. There's this weird Uncanny Valley mix of CGI animation and live action, and a little bit of maybe rotoscoping. But the, the, the story is confounding and pretentious and slow and like <laughs> dis- not very engaging. It's got these weird Egyptian gods, but they're sort of treating them in the traditional sort of Roman... Greek kind of tradition of gods that come down and mess with earth and, and rape human women and, <laughs> and you know father these half god happy it's a, a mix of different ideas definitely in love with Blade Runner the whole city landscape and certain shots and sequences are cut paste right out of Blade Runner and just a parade of not that engaging characters and every now and then the movie would like introduce a villain and I was like okay now we're going to step into high gear and shit's going to start to happen and shit's going to start to make sense. Or now the origin of the blue lady is going to be explained and make sense. Or now I'm going to suddenly con- connect with this main character, Nikolai, and feel sympathy for him. Or this entity that's sent down to Earth is seven days to live before his immortality ends. And I'm sorry to be a nitpicky guy, but if you're going to die, technically... You're not immortal. But uh, (laughs) there is a lot of ideas and a lot of visuals and a lot of energy being put into this movie. And I went from being disappointed to being hopeful to being frustrated to coming close to actively hating it. So this is not going to be a positive review. It's one of those things that I want to like. like. I like the idea of the animation telling an adult story. Like it's it's there's just too much. It's like they put everything into a blender and asked us to eat it, and it tasted awful. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, like I went out after this and I bought uh, pick up the graphic novel because I'm like I wanted to actually know what was really going on. Right. Uh, my issue with this movie, uh, and I haven't read the graphic novel yet, so I can't answer the questions. My issue is like 
The movie has if, to be able to stand on its own. Yeah. Would be and, my that, defense, right? and I really think they tried to fit too much in. Right. Is really what it just comes down to. Uh, in that, I we'll get into one real problem I have with the movie, but that's more of just where story goes. But overall. There's too many characters that don't. We don't know what they're doing, and we don't know who they are, why they are, why do they hate? Why is this guy uh, something? Uh, I think it's actually Nickabol or something. Nickabol, sorry, yeah, Nickabol or something like that. Uh, I didn't care yeah, enough to remember. His but name why is everyone can like he's some rebel guy uh, in that? But uh, okay, <laughs> a rebel what? of what? But he's for been what? he's been in, he's been in sleep mode for like how long? And suddenly he's free, and now this is a big deal. I didn't see anything about him being a big deal, uh, and that he didn't do anything. He wasn't doing anything. What like why like ah uh, the whole Egyptian god thing? It's there, but it's just there, and it's like oh, it just doesn't feel like it really. I don't like it. Just needs more. The scenes don't seem related somehow. Yeah, when and we that, jump from different who, characters. Who's this got weird looking big fat guy and stuff? Yeah. Who's like. They have Charlotte Rampling, yeah. <laughs> what, like and but when like how does like uh, there's just too much going on and I couldn't tie it together by the end, and but, I was kind of like, well, the visuals are kind of cool. <laughs> there's too much going on and yet there is nothing. Yeah, going on. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but that is basically an adequate yeah. description. Oh, of this and movie. like her, the main the main female lead. Yeah. Uh, okay, so she's someone who was just born or something because they don't have any record of her or whatever mm-hmm. and everything her body is brand new or whatever and she apparently is the only woman who can give birth to a god from a god and that but what do i where what who well, did she, where did she come from yeah. and that she doesn't know and we don't know apparently and you will never entities know. like her just show up yep. so that gods can make a baby with her yep. and that's his bid for immortality which i still don't think counts like yes we live on through our children but our children aren't us they're extensions of us perhaps but they're not and us. that's where they could have maybe they could have like with they, all this if they explained that oh yeah he actually gets passed on through this and it's right. like yes it will be his body again. dies but it's him again maybe uh, nah. but, but that wasn't that didn't happen so so yeah like that that's I totally on board with you and agree with that my but that's not why I, I actually dislike the movie as much I this movie is really really rapey yes <laughs> uh, I didn't even, also, even gotten to that yeah part, which yes. I have, like what the like uh, I I actually so I don't have a I, I, it depends on the movie and how will they handle that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, there's movies that can handle it really well and do it really well. This movie does not. No. Uh, and it's like her talking to this guy who is like, "Well, are you the are you you or are you the you who's gonna rape me now?" I'm like, "Oh my god, why are you there with him? Why are you talking to him?" Yeah, like and like and but you love him? No, you don't. He's like you know this is gonna happen to you. <laughs> like and it's just like at some point you understand that he's being puppeted by someone else, but in the end you're still raped. Yeah, right. and, and like, I don't think, and like, it's such a hard thing to talk about. Like, I don't think you could take that and go, "Oh, yeah, that's not really you." Uh, I don't like. There's no way. Like, that's that. You talk about how you handle it. Yeah, this, this is obviously a sensitive subject, right? It, it's not even about how they handle it in this movie. It's taking it seriously. Yeah. Like you, you just don't throw out rape like it's a plot point, right? <laughs> and uh, this is true to sort of classic mythic legend, though. Gods would come down from the sky and take the shape of a swan and rape chicks. Like that's oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's stuff that's... that would happen. They're 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 pulling from a pool of mythology, and I understand that. Yeah. But I have to say, I also hate how they animated this the the thing where he sort of speaks with weird wiggles on his throat, <laughs> yeah. and his face 
just looks more cartoony than anything I, I, else in the environment. I'm willing to forgive it because it's like what 2004 or something like that, uh, and I think it's like that's just that's where graphics are. Like I seem to remember uh, was it Sky Captain? Right. Uh, it was the same. Like it's weird. Yeah. Uh, we've I've had things submitted to the festival that were like, oh yeah, this is green screen. Uh, that like that, but it was also like in some of those, I'm also like, oh yeah, the, all the actors are regular or people. But everyone, everything else is green screen. And this, I'm like, why are you green? Why are you CGI? Yeah. Why is that person just makeup? I don't get why you picked what you picked. And uh, and I get if okay if it was because they're alien looking, then make them aliens. Yeah. Don't make them look like humans that are CGI. And I'm also like, cause it was just like, oh, like. But Sky Captain at least became accidentally interesting because of the <laughs> retro aesthetic yeah. combined with the fact that the animation, which was amazing at the time it came out, looking kind of terrible and retro at the time, it is, has sort of doubles down on its retro vibe. Yeah. So it becomes this completely unique movie, whereas this is just a, a, a mess. Yep. I hated, like, that they, they introduced this one, like, genetic creation bounty hunter creature. And then it tracks down the god, and it's instantly killed. There was something about that that I actually liked. And then, <laughs> well, but it happens fucking twice. Yeah. Because then they introduce this shark creature that's coolly animated, and I have a shark I, thing, and it's going to jump around, and it's going to, like, yeah. focus in on itself, and then again, right away, it's just completely killed instantly, twice, and it's just yeah. like, well, well yeah, I there's think no that's stakes, it, there's no stakes, he's a god, he can do whatever he he wants and yeah. he will do whatever he wants including raping women and we're still supposed to be cheering for him and liking him for well, some Well, I don't reason. even know if we are. <laughs> like that's a, like uh, like I think we're supposed to like the guy. Yeah. I think we're supposed to dislike Horace uh and that. But I'm uh, I'm not 100% sure of that. Uh and everything. And then like his their interactions are kind of like amusing together uh like giving him the metal leg and then he can't do it and move and stuff like that yeah. like i kind of like yeah it's kind of like it's kind of fun and that but i'm also like uh, i don't yeah the, the movie's i think the movie's just a mess right is really what the issue is <laughs> uh and that and there's like too much going on too much trying to do everything and i'm that's why, like, right away I was like, yeah, I want to go read this graphic novel just to see if they actually Maybe it pull it sense. together. I had a similar uh, thing with Southland Tales, because I hated Southland Tales, but I thought, well, it's based on a graphic novel. Maybe if I, like, get proper context. Yeah. No, and I, and I'm, I'm very forgiving for Southland Tales. Right. <laughs> well, it just, it hit me wrong. It hit yeah. me wrong. Um, let's talk about Blue Nipples. Um <laughs> uh, I think it's a misnomer, especially, I did an episode recently on anime, uh, but movies that are trying to be quote-unquote adult will have nudity not because it's required but because that makes the movie adult yes and the movie is so ponderous it like again counterintuitively there's all these interesting ideas and yet it's boring so let's throw some tits into the mix that's what it felt like uh, it's not a heavy metal sort of magazine type of world it's not it's there's I guess there's sex in the movie, but it, the initial sex, especially not erotic, and the relationship that I, develops between those characters, completely not credible. So yeah. I don't care, and I don't want to spend all this time in these unintentionally hilarious scenes where like Nikolai's laying in bed, kind of in the afterglow of having sex, and then the god appears next to him, also naked, all splayed out on the bed, and it, it looks hilarious and yeah. ridiculous, and I just, uh, 
I hated it. I hated it, dude. I don't know what to say. I hate it. It's just like nothing's handled well. Nothing's explained well. And uh, and like the, I'm like I am all for movies that actually do use nudity and do all that. I have a problem with nudity. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Like there's stuff that I really love that is a really hard watch with like some nudity and stuff like that because it's not supposed to be comfortable it's supposed to be harsh uh and that and it's supposed to make you squirm in your seat and feel like you're slime and grime and (laughs) things like that like that i can i can take something from that Uh, i can also take something from where it's like okay this is supposed to be really sensual really this is just something titillation is not a bad word as far as this is just like Uh, and here's another sex scene and here's another conversation where it establishes that they have no vibe between them at all and then followed by another sex scene and uh i don't know i i could go on but i don't know what i would accomplish like yeah i think i think think we're just gonna keep saying this thing's as a mess and it's like yeah, I've said before when I was talking about Matt. I can't remember what movie we were talking about that like it might work if you projected it without sound on a wall while you were playing music at a party or something <laughs> like that. Uh, we we I was at a bar and they were playing Holy Mountain on screen because uh, it was when Anchor Bay re released them and it right. was like this brand new like pristine and we were just all like we can't hear anything but we're all just staring at it the right. entire time because it's like wow the visuals uh, that the yeah. <laughs> I guess you like you couldn't say that the movie wasn't ambitious, but it almost entirely front to back did not work for me. Yeah, I I think I liked it a bit more than you, <laughs> but I'm also like I did just yeah no it's a it's like it's a mess. It doesn't do anything well and right. In the not too distant future, our DNA will determine everything about us. A minute drop of blood, saliva, or a single hair determines where you can work, who you should marry, what you're capable of achieving. In a society where success is determined by science, Divided by the standards of perfection. One man's only chance... How do you expect to pull this off? I don't know exactly. ...is to hide his own identity. This is the last day that you're going to be you and I'm going to be me. ...by borrowing someone else's. Congratulations. What about the interview? That was it. Do you think you'd be doing what you're doing if it wasn't for who you are, what you are? I have a feeling he might be there under false pretenses, playing somebody else's hand. They've got my picture plastered up all over the place. They'll recognize me. They won't recognize me. They'll recognize me. I don't recognize you. They won't believe that one of their elite could have suckered them all this time. So as I remember, Gattaca didn't do super great when it came out initially. It it's came out of, and went away. Yeah, it yep. was one of these snowball effects where people found it on video and then told a friend and someone else told a friend, and it sort of got this effect. And I'm going to come out saying that I do like Gattaca quite a bit, but I suspect that everybody else likes it a little bit more than I do. <laughs> yeah. What I love about Gattaca is, again, going back, is the ideas and the world and the conversation that you and I will have about Gattaca, the ideas and the science fiction concepts, this sort of 
genetic apocalyptic sort of view of things like uh it's it's dark but the world is presented as strangely pleasant it's not a post-apocalyptic world but we have are, are almost willfully draining the humanity out of our, our own society here yeah. well it's anytime you let like systematic racism or sexism or something yes everything can work run smoothly it can be well it can do everything it starts but it's also enough. pushing people down and those people don't get a say in that and everything apparently they can already you know you can design the eye color or hair color of your child mm -hmm. in an embryonic state at this point today right now and some of the stuff would seem to make sense if they, you're predisposed to a, a really crippling debilitating illness and they can do a correction before you're born to yep. make that not happen that would make sense but the well, idea is do our 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 flaws an essential part of our makeup and this Ethan Hawke character who's trying to survive in this world of Gattaca not having a super DNA profile and having to steal it from the Jude Law here. Well, it's given to him, not yeah. stolen. That's a mis I shouldn't say steal it. Um, so he, he has to leave no trace, not a microbe of his real self. He has to wear this mask of another human being in order to live his dream of being an astronaut. And the questions become, by becoming this different person, does he lose the essential person that he is really? And beating the system and succeeding in spite of his flaws, does that disprove the system? Or when he has a heart attack flying a spaceship when he's 30? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of great questions in the movie. There's a lot of high-concept sci-fi stuff. And there's a lot of great actors in the movie. And that's the stuff that really I connect to and that I love about it. By its design, though, it's an essentially cold movie. A necessarily cold movie. And... Uh, emotionally I'm not as connected to it I connect to the ideas and the world but the emotion side I didn't didn't connect to and the, the whole brother competition of the swimming up to the island and back yeah. it sort of seemed like classic novel format this is very allegorical and very highly symbolic so for me it's the ideas almost more than the movie itself that I respect about Gattaca but I am completely understanding if you have a different opinion. Oh yeah, so like for me, like uh, this is, to me this feels like a classic older movie that I just love for that feel. Like I love the scenes when uh, Ethan Hawke and Emma Thurman are just talking and that, and it's the, like I'm like, there's a scene when they come out of the one building, I'm like, this feels like, uh, was it Bacall and like from, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Casablanca. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Like it's like, it's just, uh, but that scene when they're going out to the airplane, it's just them two talking to each other and that the scene where Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman are talking and just that, and it's about her heart and his, and it's just like that, that had that same feeling to me uh, like, and it, it's maybe not at the same level, but it's that same type of feeling of just people dealing with each other, people talking to each other, the relationship between them felt so strong. I love the relationship with uh, Jude Law, who is like, first it's like, Jude Law is like, oh yeah, like doing this because he has to, yeah. and that. but you can see them developing this relationship uh, of growing to become friends, growing to become more than friends and everything and that. I really um, like the Jude Law character yeah. actually. Yeah, uh, and like same even, like Ernest Borgnine and, the, and that, and the like him saying yeah like I I'm gonna clean you shouldn't don't clean it so well and he's like no I'm gonna clean this really well so you can see me on the other side uh, and then they run into each other on the other side eventually yeah. and that 
and like I thought there's so much heart uh, in these characters and them like going through just living their lives and being this is what like this sucks the way it is yeah but it's also the institution what's just there and it's presented um, as perfection yeah and that and everyone knows it like and anyone even the people who are in that at the at the high levels there's groups of them who know it's not perfect yeah and that this sucks uh, and everything, but they can't do anything about it. They can't say anything about it, but they do find their ways to do stuff about it yeah. uh, and everything. Um, and there is a contingent that is within the system, but as you were saying, aware of it. The Obviously, the security checkpoint towards yeah. the end of the movie is a, a representation of that. Yeah. He's caught, but the guy... He he'd known he'd seen through the guys a long time well, ago yeah, and, just like, and had just sort of respected the guy for getting this deep this far. Yeah. The the coldness I'm talking about wasn't necessarily about the characters or the interactions. It's the world. The idea of like this woman going to a DNA counter to get to swab her mouth from this guy she just kissed. Yeah. To see what see his whether, profile whether is. Whether should I be with him? And if he wasn't legit profiled and well I was attracted to him enough to make out with him, but alas. Yeah. Right? The Elias Kateas, great Canadian actor who plays, uh, we see in flashback, uh, yep. uh, Ethan Hawks and uh, Lauren, what's the name, Lauren Dean, I want to say? Lauren Dean's uh, father. Uh, Ethan Hawke is born with all of these flaws, you know, the, right away, a brand new baby. They, they, yep. they take the blood sample and say this, this, and this. He could die of heart failure by 30. And like, yep. so when they have their second baby, they do the genetics on him. And uh, he, Lauren Dean's character is bigger, healthier, more capable, it would seem, than his brother. But I love that the parents coming in, they are actually, no, we want natural. Like, they yeah. want natural, but they just be kind of get like, well, why wouldn't you do this? Yeah, we um, want to make the that, best possible life for our son. Yeah, like, that, that's it what seems I, so benign and so innocent, yeah. but it's a really slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, that's the part, like, I really love that. I love that it is so... Like you're saying, it is cold that way, but it's all these people with so much heart kind of being held down or being like that, and how they get around it, how they can achieve uh, and everything. And the double-edged sword of it, which is represented with the yeah. Jude Law, because he has the perfect genetic profile, yeah. and yet he had the audacity to only get a silver medal yeah. in the Olympics instead of a gold. Yeah. And this is something that makes him suicidal, because... Genetically speaking, he is like a perfect specimen, and <laughs> second place is just not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, 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 you know, being assigned a place. <laughs> Did you ever see? This is a weird quote. Uh, the DreamWorks animated film Ants, <laughs> starring yes. Woody Allen. A long time ago. There's yeah. a whole scene where the ants are coming out, and it's like worker ant, <laughs> or. Uh, what was the other warrior yeah. you're either a soldier worker soldier yeah. worker and that's assigned as you're coming out the anger out of the mom so this is the world that we've created for ourselves and mm -hmm. is it a better world I mean I think yeah. <laughs> the movie's obviously telling us that it is not yeah so I'm curious I'm I'm sure you knew right away that it was the cop was his brother like well, there's this no way. is why I brought it up yeah there's <laughs> no way you cannot but I also don't think they try to hide it no, uh, and everything. It's handled better, but again, it's such a convention that I, I just wish they wouldn't have used it. Uh, and again, I talked about the the whole swimming competition. Ethan Hawke shouldn't win that competition, but he does because he just doesn't quit. He doesn't, you know, 
he doesn't have this predisposition that he just gets to win because. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to earn it, and therefore, because he needs it more, wants it more. He well, and he's does. willing to set like where because he has to challenge himself, he's willing to yeah go further and like put himself at risk. Yeah, that's really what it like. Like it's basically oh hey no I'm gonna swim until I can't get back. And yeah. I know I can't get back, but I'm gonna still do it, and that and that's why I can beat you. Because I'm willing to make that yeah. risk. Yeah. I'm willing to take that extra step. Whereas you just assume it's going to work out for you. And most of the time it does. And when it doesn't, it becomes very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's being turned into a spoiled child. I guess yeah. is what's happening. Uh, but really, uh, when he wants... His dream is to become an astronaut. And uh, he's really nervous about this job interview. And the job interview turns out to be like a urine sample. Yep. Uh, uh, the other piece that I'm trying to... Uh, for me, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly an astronaut is. Right. Uh, and that, because they go in their suits, get into the spaceship, and fly up. And I'm like, what do they do now? I really yeah. want to know. <laughs> well, and you're escaping the planet, but you're not escaping the world or the system. Like, he's still going to have to spend every day of his life very carefully. And, like, it seems like something yeah. that sooner or later, you're going to leave a drop of sweat, or you're going to cut yourself, or, like, something's going to... I, I think it maybe it's that once you've hit that point, nobody questions it anymore. No, yeah, why would you? Like, because right. there's no like that's the other thing. Like that's where they're like, yeah, no, well, there's no way someone could be pretending to be one of the valids, yeah, because they just can't uh, and everything. And so it's like, yeah, they're like maybe short term you might get lucky and come in, but really there's no way uh, that you for an extended time. And that's what they kind of treat him as is like, yeah, no, it can't be him. Like, like, because he's been here for two years yeah, no, yeah. or whatever long in that, in that. Um, but yeah, like, so I, I, I actually, like, I liked the stuff with the brother uh, and everything. I think it, it's, it's all obvious, but it's meant to be, uh, and it's also just kind of reinforcing that whole part of the story. It hits the themes. Yeah, it's appropriate to the story. It's, it, yeah. I just see the mechanism at work. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. Uh, and again, that could be a drawback of me watching too many science fiction movies. And this is not a negative review, by the way. Like, I really do like Gattaca. But I think it's like the interesting ideas of the movie more than the, the movie itself. It's yeah. just full of actors, too. And I was oh, watching oh, it yeah. again. I'm like, oh, there's Tony Jaloux. Yeah. And, uh, I forgot uh, Alan Arkin was in the movie. I always love seeing Alan yeah. Arkin. And like, there's all these faces to the left and right. And at the time that Gattaca came up, maybe they weren't as, as big a deal. But mm-hmm. it's kind of fun seeing that. Uh, and, and also wondering about like the actual like your thoughts on who the murderer is and that and everything. And I'm like, does any of that matter? It like, doesn't. Like, no, and I'm kind of like, like, and I know maybe it's just not supposed to uh, and everything. And but it's also like, wasn't he the boss? <laughs> and he killed his subordinate because the subordinate didn't want to. But maybe I'm wrong, uh, and I, and maybe I just missed it. That was a distracting uh, element, and I, I I think like. They were worried that the movie would become boring to like the popcorn audience that were expecting sci-fi, and I think that element was sort of injected into the movie. But thematically, it does not seem to belong that whole murder subplot. I, I can see being in there because he is so perfect at what he does right. that it is a way to drag draw it out. Like, because really, like he even says it, like. Yeah, the only reason like I'm screwed now is because he got killed. Right. And that and really everything I do should be like they'll never catch me. Right. Uh, and that uh, and everything where it gives that oh no this is why. And, and I guess like there's there's no way to do it 
unless and then maybe maybe I'm maybe it's actually a good thing that it's not so on the point of oh yeah no he killed him because he found out someone else was doing this or like or whatever it's more no this is just they're just people too yeah. uh, and he's he wanted this thing and this guy didn't want it so he's going to kill him uh, and everything where if it had been oh yeah no he discovered he wasn't invalid too and that and everything that'd be like oh, okay yeah like it's just let's hammer it a little bit too hard yeah uh, and that I also one of the other things I really like I really dug the road scene uh, and with the car and getting oh. out with the glasses taken off and everything and all of a sudden he can't see yeah yeah, but, yeah. and that and everything and just like nope it's this he's willing to sacrifice everything yeah no. uh, and, and at that point I don't think he's sacrificing it to actually keep the cover it's, I think it's because he wants he to wants to keep be, going with you with, with them and yeah <laughs> if I get smoked by a car hopefully it kills me because I would yeah. rather that than be embarrassed in front of this beautiful yeah, woman. yeah. <laughs> uh, and that and I think they do a really good job of showing that scene and everything and that and just like yeah like uh, like it's just one of those movies. like to me it's this movie is classic filmmaking yeah. uh, with telling good stories. It's the same, like the same, like 2010. Like yeah. Those, the, the movies that just, no, we know we have a good story. We have good actors. It uh, made me interested in, in Nicole as a director, and I don't think he's really come close to this. But, uh, and he did this Justin Timberlake sci fi movie in time. Oh, he did that one? Okay. I, yeah. I think. I think that yeah. I'm pretty sure, um, but I don't think he's hit this level. At least for me, yeah. Of, of the films that he's seen, of, uh, that he's made, that I have seen, I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, it was just oh, Truman Show. He wrote, yeah, he wrote this uh, screenplay or, or contributed to the writer screenplay. writer for Truman Show. Yeah, um, Peter Weir directed Truman Show. That's a wonderful movie. Um, I guess the the horror aspect of the movie too is this idea of there is a spectrum that we consider normal or ideal or proper and that spectrum changes Mm -hmm. (laughs) with generations and like improvements but it seems like once we get to a point where we decide this is perfection all forward momentum yeah will stop and uh that concept is creepy yeah, uh, and uh, this is this is this would be a really really good Black Mirror episode. Right, <laughs> it's basically like it, it's that same type of darker version of Twilight Zone. I also think that the theme that they nudged that that might have been interesting to explore, like if they did a Gattaca TV show or something like this, mm-hmm. like if they had a way to expand it, because there's only so much you can fit into a movie is appropriating someone else's identity to climb the ladder the longer you're forced to do that the longer you're supposed to live with this backstory and live with this whatever do you start losing who you are does he essentially become one of these elites by faking it so long does the essential you know whatever purity of him get diluted by doing it it's interesting in that I don't think at any point in this movie they go around at all uh, I think that, it would be interesting. Yeah, because like really, like, like I'm trying to think. At no point does he really snap at people. Does he really like Jude Law's character? Think himself basically like, like how dare you ask for like? And I know he's doing it to cover up. Yeah. And to make him like not be questioned anymore. But it's you could if he wasn't that way, he would probably do that same thing. Right. Just because he's why are you like I'm hey I'm perfect leave yeah. me alone. Uh, you do, you have no reason to question me. I've and, earned this by right of yeah. birth. And you never see. Ethan Hawke's character do that at all throughout, which is actually really interesting. You would, you would think they would have thrown in, uh, like just like like I was saying, like why didn't they have the murder deal with this stuff? I think they know they 
just no. Nope, this is what the story is. This is yeah. what we tell. Yeah, and they they were razor focused on the themes, and yep. the, it could have been a distraction. I understand that, but I, I think that's a that was an opportunity. Yeah. Again, I, I'm, I'm focusing on the negatives of the movie. Guess I'm being devil's advocate. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. say all of that, and I say I really like Gattaca and check it out. I think like everybody else says it's a four star movie, and I'm saying it's a three and a half star movie. Okay, <laughs> okay? like it's a it's yeah. a good movie. It's a good movie, but uh, it's one of those movies where I enjoy talking about it more than I enjoy watching. I, I this is the type of movie that I really dig, where it's this is a movie for grownups yeah. in my mind, uh, and that it doesn't have to rely on like the big special effects and stuff. And I love those movies. Thank uh, you for not talking down to us yeah and that and like oh we don't need like the huge explosions we don't need this and that and it's just no let's just tell a good story and, and when movies like this get discovered it gives me hope it means that there is an intelligent audience out there they may not have shown up for it in the theaters but they found it and Gattaca remains a thing this yeah. many years and I, later it is, it is a classic I think it's earned it Six science fiction movies reviewed. Now we get to the rank part of rank and review. Seems like my my podcast title is dyslexic. I guess it should be like review and rank, rank, but it doesn't have the same. <laughs> doesn't sound this. It doesn't blow up. No, no, no. 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 Rank and review is better than me. We're, we're just going to deal with it. Um, again, I wasn't sure where we were going to land because I don't know you really well. I couldn't <laughs> predict your taste, but I think I, I think we mostly agreed on these movies. Uh, how they rank? I don't know. It's it's too it'll, close. It'll to be call. close, but I think it'll be different. <laughs> well, let's find out. What was your least favorite of these six science fiction movies, and why? Uh, so while watching it, I actually probably would put Single at the end, but after oh, wow. talking about it more, uh, I'd actually put uh, Immortal. Okay, <laughs> just going back on it, I'm just kind of like. Yeah, no, it frustrated me so much while watching it that I can't, like, how can I not put it at the lowest? At the risk of sounding condescending, I would have been disappointed in you yeah. <laughs> if you well, put a it, signal below. <laughs> well, it, it, like, I think signal frustrates me. Right. You, you uh, because it, it's be- I can see it being better right. uh, in that. So I get more annoyed when it doesn't hit its full potential. Mm-hmm. Where Immortal is just like, yep, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> that and everything. So, yeah, so it's right at the bottom. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, followed by. Uh, followed by next. Uh, signal, I'm guessing. Yeah, then it goes signal, and uh, that uh, like the beginning was good, but it just kind of lost me, and I don't think this like the story just isn't there. Right. Uh, for where they should have taken things, and that, and it's 
I don't know. It it's a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> and everything. So it's like uh, there's there's some other movies I've seen recently that are that same way where I'm like, yeah, that was fine, but also like, no, you could have done something more with that. Right. Uh, and I think he's good enough and skilled enough as a director and creator of films so that could have been much better. Right. Yeah. And that. Uh, then we're gonna run through. Now this is where I start to have trouble. Uh, and that. Um. Uh, I'm going to probably go with, uh, I'm torn right now, actually. <laughs> uh, I am torn between cargo and scanners uh, and that. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I have to put, I'll ha- I have to put cargo. Okay. <laughs> uh, wow. next. That surprises uh, me. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's the, me wanting to love Cronenberg. Okay. Uh, and that's so, yeah, with cargo, I think, it's a, like we're at the point where now like I'm enjoying watching the movies right uh, and everything so really like any of these I'd be happy to watch right uh, and that um, and if you really so it's bad uh, bad relationship in cargo <laughs> versus bad acting in uh, scanners right and which one bothered you more yeah <laughs> and that yeah for me um, it would be it would be the, the bad performance in scanners personally yeah. but uh, I get I get where you're coming from with that relationship yeah right? and that and that wanting and wanting to like like so truly like cargo was the one I watched last right because I had the least expectation right uh, and that so that probably actually helps it a lot mm-hmm. uh, because I was kind of going in like oh okay this is some little sci-fi thing. Let's that get I, her done. That I haven't ever heard about at all. I don't know who it is or anything. And the reviews are kind of middling and that. So it's like, eh, eh. But no, I'd actually, like, I had fun with it. It's worth that. your time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So then Scanners uh, and that uh, and everything would be my next one. Uh, I, if it had a good performance in the lead, I think it could have been number one. Yeah. Uh, and that, but because it doesn't, damn. Uh, and then I would end up with uh, going after that uh, the left end 2010 and that uh, it's uh, between the two of them like Gattaca and Gattaca's more I like the story better in Gattaca right but they're both equal in quality right. uh, really I think is what it comes down to uh, I'd watch I'd if you told me I had to watch either of them right away, I'd be like, yeah, let's okay. go watch them right now. Sure. Uh, and that, and they're both really good, really strong, uh, and that. I'm, I, I, I like thinking about movies of, oh, what would I want to show my kid? Right. Uh, and that, who's 17. I, I think I'd be more interested in showing him Gattaca over 2010. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think it's it has more to say and everything, which I love movies that have things to say. Uh, so, yeah, so really, uh, yep, uh, 2010 would be the second best, and Gattaca would be the first. Okay. Well, we're close, but we're not We're yep. not matching. Um, I think it, Scanners actually ended up being the one that we have the biggest difference, at least as the list would read. Yep. But, um, yeah, Immortal, man. Immortal <laughs> is so at the bottom that, like, I wish I could put it in seventh. Like, it's... I was I was actively frustrated by the movie by the end of it. I could not fucking wait for it to end. <laughs> and I like I, I like to think of myself as a pretty patient guy. One of the things I like is when I'm watching a movie and I'm not that into it and it actually turns it around on me. I was like, Well played, you guys. Yeah. You almost lost me there, but you brought me back. Well, that, that, that's somewhat cargo, like yeah. to me. Because right. like I said, like when I was halfway through, I'm kinda of like, I don't really care about all these secondary characters and then suddenly I was like Oh no! You just spend time with them in little tiny ways that were just kind of like, oh, okay, now I care. I would for sure watch a remake of Scanners. I don't know if I would watch Scanners again, man. Like, uh, 
I'm not excited about watching Scanners again. Maybe if I did like a career retrospective someday on Cronenberg, I would like give it mm -hmm. another assessment. And like, no one can ever take away that head explosion. That shit is just <laughs> epic. It is really memorably like that is a really wet scene. And like again, it. I, I put it in fifth place with no joy because I have come around completely on Cronenberg that I, I'm on board. Like, uh, I, I like him as a filmmaker, but this time didn't quite close the deal for me. All the way in fourth position, I put Cargo, believe it or not. As much as I said a lot of good things about it, uh, it is kind of frustrating, that relationship, not just because it seems like a little bit of a superfluous relationship. Yep. It's the one stupid move that that otherwise really savvy main character seems to make yep. there's even though it turns out to be a good thing there's no reason for her to trust him and like the fact that she just lets her hormones take over even though he might well you know turn on her at any second just didn't feel credible in a movie that was working so hard to remain credible mm -hmm. um, but that's again something that I had to pick to, to find so it could be one of those things where I saw the movie on the right day and it overperformed for me, or just my expectations, like you were saying, were lower. Did you, have, did you have lower expectations for Cargo going in? Or uh, were they, did you have high? Well, I, I mean, I was hopeful because I want to like a good science fiction yeah. movie and it had a good premise. But uh, with, with international films, it, I find it tends to go one way or the other. It's yeah. really hard to anticipate. But so yeah, Cargo then, uh, I give Signal the third position for me just because it overperformed. You said it's basically a Twilight Zone episode, and I was like, yeah, but it's kind of a decent episode, the <laughs> Twilight Zone. It's got a different level of action to it, and uh, it's a familiar story kind of approached. I would, I would love it if they could somehow reverse the first half and the second half. Right. Because then I would come away. Then it would get better. I would come, it gets better, and that always makes such a big, huge difference, where right. I think it just got worse for me, and then I was like, ugh. Yeah, I'm like, you are so good. And yeah. then, no. I'm yeah. encountering this when I revisit movies for the podcast, too, how strange it is, and specific, like, the day you see a movie can really weigh in on how yeah. you feel oh, about totally. it. Like, revisiting old movies that I'd sort of dismissed, and I revisit Dude, on the podcast. So, like, we've passed on movies one year, yeah, and then and then I go to a film festival, see it at a festival, and then we showed it the next year. Next year. Because right. I'm like, nope, the first year, didn't like it. This year? That's really good. Or sometimes you have to sit with it for a while. Yeah. And you realize, you watch a movie and you're like, I don't know if that worked for me. But yeah. like days later, you're still thinking, maybe there was something to that. Maybe I need to visit it. And if you have that, that usually means something. That mm -hmm. usually means, it might not mean it's a great movie, but it means that there's something there. 2010, the year we made contact, fought its way to second place. Um, I think it might a little bit be an artifact of the time that it's made, but because I'm such an appreciator of that era of cinema, it didn't really bother me that much. I love the acting, and like I said, I didn't want the redemption story for Hal, but I can't deny how well that story was handled. Yeah. So uh, it sounded like I was talking shit about Gattaca, and I really didn't mean to talk shit about yeah. Gattaca. I have this thing, especially with movies that are well-loved, that when I do the review, I tend to focus a little bit on the negatives, on the things yeah. that, yeah, it's a great movie, but... It's, it's also, if you're bouncing off someone else, and also if someone else really, really enjoys it, it there's, well, no, this is why. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're both like, unless both are just like, oh my God, this was the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to come off as cold in the movie, is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, do, I do really like it, but I do also think, like, really, great science fiction it's the conversation you have after the movie is as valuable to me as the movie itself well, but think, in order to get that conversation you need a high quality movie yeah. so, and I think out of all these this is the one that gives you the best conversation like, yeah. at the end like really like all the rest like yes they all have elements of like oh like 
high up people versus low down people where they have like the whole like oh if we just treat people well things like they all have something but it's that's what Gattaca is yes. and not to say that it doesn't have good visuals to it because it's a very well made convincingly futuristic visual movie but it's not the spectacle it's not desperate and it's a trying to like wow us oh the, I like we didn't talk about it, like them up on top of the windows cleaning that roof yeah. that's like a beautiful scene like there's a lot of good visuals in there it's just not science fiction visuals and that the ideas are the star yeah. And uh, going back to where we started with the theme of the episode with science fiction, it's a marriage usually of visual spectacle and intense, interesting, speculative ideas. Yeah. And ideally you can marry them both. But I think, yeah, Gattaca got us there. Cool. So I'm sorry, it was not quite, we didn't go 6 no, for 6, it. we didn't go 0 for 6, but I don't think we we're going to scrap. You know? Nope. <laughs> so, no, I think it's all good. I think the closest we come to disagreeing is the signal. And again, I wonder if I'd seen it on a different day, if I was more cynical on that I, day. I, and truly, like, uh, like my like my expectation for cargo was low. Right. My expectation for signal was higher right. going in. Uh, so when that doesn't hit, and uh, even though I was really hard on Immortal, I do have kind of a soft spot of it because it was like, man, I, movies that do throw so much shit at the wall can sometimes be fun. <laughs> Look, uh, like the, you mentioned, uh, the Southland Tales. Southland Tales. Yeah, I have the Southland Tales poster in my wall. Um, oh, I'm sorry, wall. I didn't mean to talk it's shit a, about. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> no, the reason I have it is actually because I won it as a prize and it's mm. signed by Richard oh, Kelly nice. uh, and everything. But I'm like, I have this soft spot for it because it is like, yeah, let's just. <laughs> throw crap there and what sticks and you have cars having sex yeah and that like so it's like what the hell well, say what you will about both yeah. of those films like they're going for it they're distinctly yeah. themselves but i just for me yeah. like they didn't they didn't work yep thank you so much for being on rank and review oh, uh, thanks. if uh, it's something that you enjoyed i would love to have you back on i uh glad to have you in the neighborhood there's so few people that seem to value film and filmmaking and filmmakers in saskatchewan so uh you're one of the good ones brother thank you <laughs> it's a blast to be on i love getting on and uh, anywhere and just chatting and stuff about movies and things like that uh, and that. so yeah it's fun that's why we do the festival uh just to keep the stuff going and have fun with it and bring people in well, you are always welcome. I'm Thank you. Review. another episode out of the way ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed that as usual i encourage you to send your feedback to rank and review at gmail.com about this or any other show of rank and review and you're always helping me when you tell a friend to listen to the show if you love rank and review believe that rank and review loves you back